What's up and welcome back to Kind of Funny's Ghostbusters in Review. That's right. We are ranking, reviewing, and recapping every single Ghostbusters movie. As always, I'm Tim Yetis, joined by the big dog, Kevin Coelho. What's up, dude? The producer slash seducer, Nick Scarpino. Get him. The Nitro Rifle, Andy Cortez. Great afternoon, listeners and viewers. And making mm-hmm. his return to Kind of Funny content, the big daddy himself, the biggest Ghostbusters fan I know, Greg Miller. Hello, Tim. How are you? How are you? I'm fantastic. Can you believe we're here? It finally no, happened. The pandemic aside, Bill Murray aside, fucking the, the weight of the world aside, we got a Ghostbusters 3, everybody, and we're here. Congratulations. You did it. We did it. We all did it together, everybody, and we're going to talk all about it because this is Kind of Funny's In Review, where each and every week we rank, review, and recap two different movie franchises. Um, right now, we're doing our rewatch of Spider-Man, so check that out leading into No Way Home, and very soon, we're about to start The Matrix In Review, which I am really excited to revisit, uh, but you can get the show on YouTube.com slash Kind of Funny or RoosterTeeth.com if you want to get it as a podcast just search your favorite podcast service for kind of funny in review and we'll be right there for you if you wanted to get the show ad free you can go to patreon.com slash kind of funny just like our patreon producers have done molecule and pranksy we appreciate you so very very much uh today we're brought to you by me undies uncommon goods and stamps but i'll tell you all about that later let's get right into it ghostbusters afterlife uh, with a runtime of two hours and five minutes, it was released on November 19th, 2021. It was directed by Jason Reitman, a Canadian-American actor and filmmaker best known for directing the films Thank You for Smoking in 2005, Juno in 2007, Up in the Air in 2009. He's received one Grammy Award, one Golden Globe, and four Academy Award nominations, two of which are for Best Director. He's also the son of director Ivan Reitman, who directed Ghostbusters 1 and 2. Uh, This movie had a budget of $75 million, and a box office obviously is not a final tally because it's only been out one night, but it's off to a promising start at the pre-Thanksgiving box office with $4.5 million ahead of Sony's 2016 Ghostbusters reboot, uh, which only came in at three point five million sony's projecting 27 to 28 million for the weekend and the industry is even higher than that at 30 to 35 so it's looking pretty damn good for the busters nick i want to start with you what did you think of ghostbusters (laughs) um i liked it i thought it was entertaining um i i think it's definitely worth seeing uh and i thought yeah i mean i thought it was entertaining right i don't think it is you know I don't think it lives up to the first one, but I don't think anything really does. I think that, as we talked about before, the original Ghostbusters is sort of lightning in a bottle. I think this pays homage to it. We've got a lot of fun Easter eggs, at times a few too many Easter eggs. Um, But it's exactly kind of what I thought it was going to be, which is less comedy, a little bit more subtle, and a little bit more action-oriented, and a little bit more for kids. But I don't mean that in a bad way. Usually when I say something's a kid movie, I I think they're kind of pandering to kids. This kind of hits where a lot of 80s kids movies used to hit for me where it's a little scary um and it doesn't treat kids like they're idiots and you know i think it's i th- i think it was i think it's a worth like a worthwhile effort um having said all of that i do think it's missing a little bit of a spark and i can't quite put my finger on sort of what it needed to kick it into like great territory for me but i enjoyed it yeah, I'm gonna go next. I'm actually kind of right there with you where I do think this is a it's a good movie. And I think for kids, it's a great movie. Like this movie really reminded me of so many things I loved when I was little, like Goonies or we, we brought up Hook last week, but things like that where it's like just like 
just kids having an adventure and crazy things happening to them. And like the crazy things don't necessarily need to be the craziest things in the world, but it's just kind of like constant moments of like, wow, that'd be cool. And like imagining me as a 32 year old man now, imagining being a kid, imagining how cool it would be to be in this situation. Mm -hmm. Like I can totally feel that. Right. Yeah. And I think that that really is um, a testament to this movie kind of achieving its goal. Because like watching it, it, it's I didn't expect that to be the case. I thought it was going to be more of a movie for adults, but I definitely think it is a movie for kids. I think uh, in that regard, it's really great. I think in terms of being an adult watching it, I think it hits a little closer to the Power Rangers 2017 movie than Cobra Kai. And that's really in terms of fan service and in terms of like what this movie is being a Ghostbusters movie itself. Mm -hmm. um, but I don't think that that's a bad thing. I just don't think it ever really hit its potential of being truly something special and truly something great as a Ghostbusters property. Um, and what you were saying, Nick, I do think it's just missing a spark. It's missing that one thing that makes this movie special. That's not just what if kids found the Ghostbusters stuff? Cause that's cool. Mm -hmm. But like, I could just watch the trailer and I feel like I didn't get much more from the movie than I did from the trailer. Andy Cortez. I'm, I'm, I'm curious though, before we go on to see how people like, I'm curious to see what Snowbike Mike thinks about this movie. Cause he's never seen the original and we walked out to him and I, and I said, I said to you, I was like, I, you know, I bet people are going to get more out of this. If they've seen the original and you actually disagreed. You were like, actually, I think people who haven't seen the original can get a lot more out of it. And that kind of, that, that resonated with me. I'm like, you know what? It's so close and it's pays so much you know, homage to the original that's almost treading on like a remake territory at this point. Yeah. Um, so and I'm curious to, about that. To expand on that just a little bit, I was saying specifically for kids going into it, like I can just imagine myself watching this and the way that they treat the legacy of the old Ghostbusters, like I'd be so fascinated to know more, like who are these guys? Oh my God, there's this whole other mm -hmm. thing. Like I think that the like, kids being able to watch this for the first time their first entry into Ghostbusters is really, really special and really, really cool. But also I do think that some of the plots, it is just a one for one plot when it comes to the villains and stuff. And I don't think that that was very well done in the first movie. And I don't think it's very well done here because it's just the exact same thing. Andy, what did you think? Um, I'm pretty much with you all, except I think I'm a little bit lower on it. Um, I, I feel like what would have really pushed it over the edge for me would be that I wanted the humor to hit a lot more than it did for me. Uh, I felt myself giggling at Paul Rudd whenever he was on screen. And aside from that, not a whole lot else. I feel like there was constant attempts at it, and I just wasn't laughing like I wanted to. Um, but it picks up near the end, and that's where it kind of like really got it. I got engaged with it, because for the most part, I I found it a little boring, even though that, you know, the kids are doing some interesting things with uh, different plot devices. Um, it, I just found it kind of underwhelming until it started picking up near the end. And but I will say that the the score, I think, is phenomenal. And the implementation of the score has a very old school um, vibe to it. Uh, very whimsical. Whenever the characters are pondering on something, you hear the background flute just and it's just it's i haven't seen that in movies a whole lot uh as like the last 15 years or so so i had a good appreciation for that and yeah i think the movie picks up towards the end and got i think it got a lot more entertaining towards the end of it uh talking about the score a little fun thing cynthia miller who performed the andis martinote for the ghostbusters original movie uh, of course, uh, yes, which is of course. which is the weird spooky <laughs> wave type sound like that whole shit yeah she came back uh to oh, do the, cool. the opening scenes for this which is oh, very very cool. cool 
Kev Dog, what'd you think? Um, I was uh, like kind of shocked at how much I liked this movie. I thought, like, I, I was going in there very concerned about it. Um, but from the very beginning, it, like, I felt like it was a roller coaster, didn't stop, and had my intention, my attention the entire time. Like, right from the start, like, as soon as, you know, the, the first few minutes, the, the little device that Greg has gets thrown underneath and starts beeping, and it's like, oh my God, you know what that means. Like, they're not fucking around. There's a ghost that suddenly just came into existence, and it's like, holy shit, this is awesome. And I, I, I feel like it hit for me on everything. Like I, I thought that the humor, there were several like like characters that like the only one that I, I like was like ah he's not podcast is a bit much. Um, I love but, podcast. But that being said, I feel like he is like emulating a, like a stereotypical character that like makes sense and is you know based off of some someone you know. Yes, go ahead. Um, yeah, I do want to touch on that a bit more. I, I think tonally the movie is really great. Like it, yeah. it has such a great presentation to it. And it reminds me of watching just a lot of movies that, that, uh, Tim and Nick were mentioning like hook and stuff like that, where sure it's kids and, but yeah. it's got a really good tone and a good feel to it. I just feel like they, they needed to do a couple of drafts of just like, we can hit that joke better. There's something yeah. else there uh, that can I, yeah. make that moment well, feel worth yeah, it. I you agree. Know? Yeah, I mean, I, I I felt like there was a mixed bag of jokes, but there was still more, like, more jokes that I enjoyed than less. Um, I the biggest thing I think this does is it, like the pacing is nonstop, and a lot of times I feel like we say that in a sort of we're criticizing way, but um, I I really dug it. Like I didn't want to waste time with like building relationships. It's like. They did a good job introducing people, establishing the relationship, cementing it in, and then moving forward. Uh, really, really dug that. Uh, the other thing is I I like the lore of the first one a lot, and it's they're very small moments. And when this kind of focuses on the lore, I, I think it did that in such a great way that like is kind of an homage to the first one. Yeah, I mean, overall, I was shocked. I really, like, you know, there's this whole trend with doing sequels for movies that, you know, were done, like, 20 or 30 years ago. And um, that can be very hit or miss. And I think that, uh, like, this is up there with one-on-ones I enjoyed a lot. Greg Miller, it's time. What do you think of Ghostbusters Afterlife? Oh, Thank you, Tim. Um, I I think uh, at the start that, you know, right here from everything you guys have said, nothing you've said has sounded off base to me. Um, I personally loved the movie. Uh, I, however, was not, uh, I did not fall in love at first sight with the movie. Uh, I put up a little review uh, on YouTube yesterday and, and, you know, I was saying in it and trying to put my words as I just come out of the theater and I was bottle feeding my son. Uh, my, as it got going, I felt like we were thrown into it, right? Like it is nonstop and we're just spoiler free right now. So we'll get into what that means. But like to Kevin's point, they don't want to waste your time building relationships, telling you what they tell you what the relationship is. You kind of get it. You go on and they explore from there. What I found is as the movie progressed somewhere in the middle of it, right with the kids, I realized, Oh, 
this isn't Ghostbusters. This is Monster Squad. This is Monster Squad with the Ghostbusters. And if you're not familiar, of course, Monster Squad, one of my favorite movies growing up as a kid, uh, where, you know, a bunch of kids. Wolfman has Nards. Nards. Where the kids get together and form their own little group that, you know, go on to take on Dracula, uh, the, the creature from the Black Lagoon, all the monsters that the adults don't believe are actually in their town. And I think when we talked about Ghostbusters 2, the criticism we kept lodging at it was like, this is clearly so influenced by the cartoon. This is a movie designed for kids, right? This is a movie designed for young, the youth. You know what I mean? This, it's you know, what Nick was saying. I'm not, when I say it's a kid's movie, I'm not trying to say like, oh, it's, it's a, you know, for your little kid to go on or it's brain dead or something like that. This is designed to feel like a Goonies, a Monster Squad, a insert whatever 80s franchise you want to put in there that is a bunch of kids get together and have it. And I think, once that clicked for me, I enjoyed it more. And as the movie went on again, and we saw the relationships play out, we saw the characters interact with other people. And like, I, you know, fell in love with Phoebe played by McKenna Grace and what she was doing and who she was and seeing how she interacted with podcasts and podcasts at first. I was like, this kid's kind of annoying, like in terms of just being this podcaster. But then the more of him, the more I got of him, I was like, oh, shit, I really love this kid, Nick. I'm sorry. Are you trying to tell me that the 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 kid who's loud and his only purpose in a piece of content is to insert bad jokes over and over again is bad? How dare I don't know how you, anybody sir. could get behind that. I don't know how, how anybody could get behind you, that sir. kind of personality. Best character in the movie. But it, it, it what. You know, what's been so heartbreaking for me as a fan is, you know, dying today. You know, we watched it last night, dying today to have a rewatch because I really think on second viewing, I'm going to really love it from the start because now I know who the characters are. I know what the tone of the movie is. I know what the objective is of the movie. And, you know, there's a part in the end. I think that, you know, again, once you see the kids uh, really become their movie, once it really becomes their thing, there's a great scene where they're all in the ecto and the mom's there and she's like catching up to what's actually happening. Like, and, and the kids are like, we know mom, blah, blah. Like for me, that is like the snapshot I would show someone to be like, this is the movie you're getting. This is that movie where the kids are smarter than the adults. And so check that, have that expectation going in. I think you're gonna have a great time. And I think it's a movie that, yeah, is designed for young kids. Cause again, like Ghostbusters 2 was great. Cause it was the cartoon come to life for me as a kid in 1989. This movie is great, and if I was a kid, would be great again because it is that fantasy. It is that power fantasy of putting on the pack and going to help the Ghostbusters, going to actually stop these things. Uh, and so I think there's uh, a great movie here, both for uh, young folks and pe people who like Ghostbusters, people who have never seen it before. But I think it is an expectation-setting thing, which I think is jarring in a way because what were we expecting from a new Ghostbusters? We've gotten three movies before this right two in the same universe one now that's been completely forgotten apparently <laughs> like you're like okay like this is what it's going to be like I, I think this does a great job of resetting what expectations for ghostbusters is what the universe is and bringing in new people andy cortez i i thought the movie started off incredibly strong as well mm. like i i, I love great when opening movie, scene i love a, i love when movies start off with a really cool kind of i don't want to call it an action sequence but there's there's a threat and there's like, you know, there's action. Um, there's action. action, there's there's consequences. And I think it starts off incredibly well. And then the movie begins and I I audibly wanted to go, oof, just to like <laughs> just to see what Greg thought, even though I really love the action sequence. But it was really after that that just kind of um, again, I just I, I needed a bit more there. Um, I, I enjoy the actors and I know that they're capable of of pulling off these roles. Um, I thought carrie coon's character the mom um god damn i mean she she this is like a 20 year old yeah. <laughs> in a 50 year old With body C like what i think they did carrie, that. come I, on i think they did that because 
to, to have a nice juxtaposition with uh, Mechanic Grace's character. And yeah. so I'll disagree with you a little bit. Like, I think I was more into the movie uh, at the beginning than I was by the end. By the end, we're sort of treading on well-worn territory. Um, and and we'll, we'll get to that when we get to the spoiler section. But I actually think that this movie has a lot more character development by far than the original Ghostbusters, right? The original Ghostbusters sure. movie, the only sure. thing we really know about these guys is that they're friends and they work together. We're we know starting nothing, a business. We know nothing else about their backstory, right? And so I was actually really relatively um, uh, interested in these kids moving to the small town with their mom. Most of them. And I think, what's that? Most of the characters. I well, feel like this movie has a lot of characters. And yeah, like the, the well, McKenna's great, but like the girlfriendish character, like Lucky. Well, Lucky. unfortunately, yeah. The, unfortunately, the, Finn Wolfhard <laughs> yeah. and uh, this is and, a story uh, about a girl named Lucky. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. Lucky and Trevor are the two. Or, or her brother's name is Trevor, and then the, uh, yeah. Celeste O'Connor's uh, character's name is Lucky. Those characters, I think, were a little underutilized, um, and I think that yeah. some of the heavy lifting for the comedy fell on Finn Wolfhard's shoulders, unfortunately, and that just didn't work for me. Um, I think Logan Kim had great comedic timing, and obviously. You want to talk about the best comedic timing in the industry. Paul Rudd is in this, and he had some bangers. But even some of his stuff fell a little bit flat because you're only as good as your scene partners. What I will say is, like, I, I, I really enjoyed that part of the movie where they moved to Somerville. I think it's beautifully shot. I think the locations and that diner they had were, were stunning. And I kind of got lost in that for a second. And then I thought – and then I remembered, oh, this is a Ghostbusters movie. We're actually yeah. going to get some more of that stuff too. But I think that the for me, the McKenna, Grace, McKenna Grace's portrayal of um, the Phoebe, Phoebe character is spot on. I think she – this is one of the the criticisms I had of Ghostbusters 2. If you guys remember, I said I don't like Harold Ramis in this. I don't like – he changed the Egon character. And she has a line in this movie. It's a little bit of a spoiler, but I think you can kind of glean from – I think it's important. You can glean. She says, I don't really um, understand emotions like everyone else does, right? And that, that I don't I don't feel emotions. I don't I don't I, I forget the terminology she used. But that's on the inside of screaming. <laughs> yeah, like like basically overstimulation uh, calms me, right? And that is that that line right there is exactly Egon's character from Ghostbusters One. Remember, he has that wonderful mm-hmm. line where he's like, "I'm terrified beyond." He says, "I'm terrified beyond the uh, what is he? What is it? I'm uh, terrified beyond the realm of rational thought." Egon, yeah. what do you got for me? Sorry, Vakeman. I'm terrified beyond the realm of rational thought. Yeah. But he says <laughs> it. Capacity of rational thought. Capacity of rational thought. He says it super calmly, right? And I love that. And I loved that about Egon's character because he was the person that like reacted differently and that allowed him to look at the world differently. And I think uh, McKenna Grace did a great job just nailing that. Like I believed she was from Ghostbusters 1, Egon's granddaughter. Yeah. Um, and that was super cool. It's just when we start getting into and, – and Kevin, I love the lore too. It's just when we start getting into that lore, I'm like this is the hardest part of Ghostbusters. Is is nailing the tone and nailing the plot and making it feel like it's in the Ghostbusters world, but and it's the same but different. And unfortunately, this was same but same for me, which is why by the time we get to the climax, I was like, okay, like we're good, like we can we can we can wrap this up. And like, see, I disagree on this one, and and I, we can get into this, I guess, maybe with more spoilers sure. later on. But my thought was, and this is not, and I'm not trying to be like a weirdo about it, but like as somebody who's seen so much Go- uh, Ghostbusters content throughout the years, whether it be cartoons, comics, video games, I've always been like, oh God, we're doing Gozer again. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like we got to be involved with Gozer and Evo Shandor again. So when they did the Shandor Minds and, you know, I was like, well, here's how this movie's going to go. I wasn't stoked about it. I thought they did a great job of, as we said earlier, you know, Ghostbusters one. Yeah, they sprinkle in a couple plot elements, but in, again, for the kind of movie it was at the time it was, they don't beat you over the head with it to where you're like, well, right, the magnesium uh, tungsten alloy they're using right. is very Selenium. weird. You know what I mean? Like, that's yeah. going to be a big deal plot point. I liked how they sp- put this in there and made it. And like when, uh, no spoilers really, but when Podcast and Phoebe go to, you know, check out the mine and they're looking through it and he's explaining it and we're reading the books and we're seeing it. I liked the setup of like, 
oh, like there's a specific set of events that need to happen to bring about Gozer. Like this is Evo Shandor's plot. And like, I thought this gave better context to what happened in Ghostbusters 1 without us ever getting that. Definitely. But it raises the question of like, if he, if I'm sorry, Kevin, if, if the plot of Ghostbusters 1 was the end goal, what was the, was this like a secondary goal? (laughs) Like, was this just a, just in case, like a backup? He's like Batman. He's always got a plan. Okay. I mean, yeah, that, that's what you get the feeling of. Like, they were working on the mine to get the the metal, which I thought was a cool thing. Of you know, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. From now on, we're going full spoilers, everybody. Okay. Oh yeah. So hold on. Before we do that, so do the quick recommendations. Like, does everybody think you should go see this movie? Andy Cortez. I think so. Yeah. Okay. Kevin Coelho. Yeah, hundred percent. Tim Geddes. Yeah, I I think it's good. I don't know that it's a necessary in theaters movie, but I do think that it's worth watching for sure. Nick Scarpino. I would agree. I think if you're a Ghostbusters fan, see it in theaters. If you don't really have, you know, a stake in that, then I think you you should watch it. But I don't think you have to rush out to go see it in theaters. If, if you're not, if you're not a Ghostbusters fan, you've never seen it. I'd love to know. Tweet me your yeah, impressions of it if you go see it, because I'd love to know. Question. Yeah, from like whatever. I don't care. I never saw anything. What do you think of it? I obviously I would tell you to go see it, but I'm gonna say that. Well, no, I guess I would have told you to go see 2016. So, <laughs> anyways, back to it. Sorry. Now spoilers. Full on. Go ahead. Uh, I was just going to say the the way they incorporated the like metal and it being like that's where they mined it from to me made sense that they they had like an altar there for it. And I, but you if know, you had the altar there for it, why bother with New York where people could stop you where there's cops? Why not just do it in this small town where you've killed all these miners and it's there? Like I don't that was the one big question I had. I was like, what is the point of this temple? The whole well, point of the mine like, was super cool. The, is to the get whole this point. Active- I, which so the whole point of of um I can't remember the guy's name uh, Evo uh, Shandor. Evo Shandor. Evo, uh, Evo. Yeah. Evo. 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 <laughs> yeah. uh, the whole point was he wanted fighter. to he wanted to rule Earth with with uh, not Zool Gozer Gozer yeah so like the I think the idea is that's where they had the temple but like the real like that was meant to be their headquarters right the top of this. Uh, big Poor castle. J.K. Simmons, you know. In yeah, I know, right? Mm-hmm. In, what a great cameo uh, in New York. Yeah, in New York. Um, anyways, I also like that it added lore to the the that if they pulled the dogs into the trap, it like ripped half of her apart. I thought that was so mm-hmm. cool. That was pretty cool. Uh, yeah, that was pretty cool. And I think what I was talking well. about with like giving more yeah. context to like, oh, right. you know. Keymaster and Gatekeeper, you know, we Vins and stuff. We he, he talks about the past they've had, right? In Ghostbusters one and stuff. But I never thought so much of like the terror dogs, you know, slash them being this ritual that needed to happen. I appreciate that they brought back and were like very on point. They're like, no, that you have to fuck these two yeah. have to fuck to make this happen. And shit Although, like that. Like, that one, that scene is one of the scenes that I thought took me out of the movie. Um, and, and I think oh, that, one that, walk up all goofy like that scene other? belonged to me more in the 2016 Ghostbusters than it did in this one. I agree we, with that. We, I, yeah. I was goofy for sure. Yeah, it was too goofy. And that's the thing is like the tone of this is serious and it's grounded. And I liked that. And right off, right off the bat, I'm like, good. Jason Reitman, no, he's not done. He understands that tone is probably the most important thing to this movie. Uh, and that was the biggest problem we had in 2016. And then there was just a couple elements though. The Muncher thing kind of took me out. I was like, this is weird. Where he's when he's spitting. All the steel and stuff. Oh, I people. like that because I thought it was actually fun to have a ghost that had consequences. Yeah. I mean, I mean so many ghosts are just like not a threat to anybody. So the and, fact that like you have to dodge and stuff. And there are consequences in this too, right? That's that's the first time we've seen ghosts. We actually see someone, a ghost kill someone in this, which we hadn't seen before. So that's cool. But I just thought the Muncher thing was like, okay, this was clearly made for kids. Uh, and I, I mean kids in, in the worst possible way where it's like this is just a toy they're going to sell, which is unfortunate. But the rest of that I thought was good. Andy? I don't, I don't think that meetup scene felt out of place until like the final 10% of it where 
they kind of like start kissing, whatever. But I, I think it was, I think it was necessary in the way that we saw Rick Moranis acting all goofy and uh, in part one. Like I didn't feel like it was super out of place, but I think it could have been shortened a tiny bit in order to feel right. And plus, I just seeing Paul Rudd laying on the rock was just. Oh, great so comedic relief so like but, I, just but, seeing him on camera makes me laugh because i know something stupid's about to happen <laughs> and this is this is no disrespect to paul Rudd because i freaking love him but at one point you 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 get that he's doing an impression of rick moranis as that character yeah. in this movie but, and it's fine but it takes you out of it a little bit but to me that made me think oh shit the dogs have like personalities personalities yeah that's still Vince, yeah it's Vince Clothor, right like the yeah. key master gozer and, I, and that's it's the same like, thing of like this sorry kevin but just drop no. it in there the same thing with gozer's performance here right olivia wilde right of like she is i thought it was so cool the way she pet the terror dogs just like gozer did in the 84 go, in ghostbusters right like clearly they were doing impressions of these characters that came because they're trying to keep that lineage and i will say the, the the gozer effect was one of the coolest things i've ever seen where it's like the, the weird proton energy going through her body with like the oh, scales sure. i was like this is really really cool i wish sure. that's almost the things like i wish we had more gozer in this movie but i know that would have kind of ran its course Greg, I, I need you to like fire me or punish me or something because I I said Carrie Coon is fifty and she's forty. I and wanted to bring it up, but I let it slide. I, I didn't mean forty. I mean. And a lot of people will say that I oh I just thought that she looked older. No no no. It's just more of a. I said fifty and I went wait those kids are way too young to be like parents that age have old way older kids and then i kind of realized yeah. that you just know andy you're way older now like people yeah, you're like a testament to the rgv that you came from in your own uh, parental upbringing that you were like no way this mother could be this bad at being a mother <laughs> there's plenty of bad moms out there andy yeah, I, I, she, I don't know she just felt like part of the crew a lot of times she's interacting <laughs> with these kids she felt like a more of a uh hey yeah, i'm no, 10 years old mom than her like or more of an adult than her i guess than yeah she felt like a uh what's the word i'm like a contemporary more than yeah, like an actual sure. motherly figure but cool. i thought a lot of those emotional beats hit i i don't know um i think they were handled well with harold ramus at the end um i was kind of worried about it sure. um and i'm worried like don't let them talk and they didn't let them talk and sure. i thought that was enough to to not be too cheesy and bad um it still got goosebumps it still gave it still got my eyes all misty just because it's such an easy moment and mm. i thought they nailed it and she goes up yeah, for the yeah. hug uh carrie coon goes up to hug held ramus as this fatherly figure who had left her and egon was never there for her and she hated him his whole life and she realizes obviously this was part of his duty to protect the world and i it worked for me like it fucking worked for me and then the ghostbusters showing up at the end goddamn bill murray still got it he is still got it man yeah well if you want to jump into that section yeah i think that was like you know well I, and i'm not even trying to pat myself on the back too hard here but i called this movie to a fucking t of like exactly certain things are gonna happen but like i thought the when the ghostbuster you know hey flat top and they show back up i when it started i did like at first there was just like like this is pretty ham-fisted yeah, they're really bringing them in like this okay they're just there Lady, and it was like, dude literally they were just like i'm like this i think is from extreme ghostbusters when the real ghostbusters show back up but i was like Ugh. and then i was like all right well fuck i'm in they're doing the thing and they're talking and they're being each other and they're hanging out and yada 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 and then yeah when phoebe's shooting the you know her neutrona wand and fighting gozer and the hand comes in i did the and then they showed him and i was like holy shit because if you remember my predictions for this leading up to it was it was going to be like just from the back just his boots just people looking at him going egon or whatever and then like kind of like um 
what's the that one Pixar movie or DreamWorks one with the the dad and the with, soul? No, no, oh, yeah, soul. no, 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 no. The, the ones uh, of the two brothers that you know they. Soul. Oh, um, onward, <laughs> goddamn, onward, onward, <laughs> onward. onward. I thought it was gonna be a far away shot of her hugging uh, mm-hmm. Egon, and so to have him fucking straight up there i was like oh my god they're doing this and i i personally can't believe how well they did it and, and right. in a way like i was like i said i think this movie if you're watching the trailers and being a fan was predictable i knew where we were going i knew what the destination was and i still bawled at the end like yeah. ray saying i'm sorry and then or ernie hudson guy should have called like i fucking was gone so i was destroyed so and it was just like so and then obviously yeah uh carrie coon hugging i was like the emotional beat of the movie but to see the original four ghostbusters you know they're shooting their proton packs and then have that conversation i was like oh my fucking god i couldn't i was destroyed although i'm a little more mixed on it where i I, i'm with you that i i liked seeing him and i i appreciate they committed to it because they very easily could have not done that and i like i'm always a sucker for this type of harry potter and where the you see the family behind it and it's like it's what rise of skywalker was scared to do they semi-committed to it but it's like oh the power of all the the jedi are behind you it's like okay but where are they i want to see fucking hayden christensen um but i think that the the setup for this similar to the first movie with the crossing the streams where it had a little bit of setup and then it was this the big thing that allowed him to win in this movie it has no setup and they're just like cool we're crossing it and then they immediately get uncrossed and then immediately it's like it just feels like there's a lot of just elements for the things that need to happen for an action scene and i think that that combined with the the lamest intro of these characters i could have possibly imagined the entire movie i'm like oh they're building up to it it's gonna get there and when she calls him on the phone that entire conversation i was like this is what this is what we I'm sure Greg was waiting for is the filling in the history of where have they been? What's been going on? And oh my God, it was exposition. It yeah. was clunky. It didn't feel good. And I was like, and Ray saying burn in hell. I was like, this is a lot. And it was like all to get to this moment for the payoff and what the payoff was there, but them coming out, their reveal might as well have just been the camera, turn it over and just three old dudes standing there. No music cue, no like interesting anything. It's just, I thought there. we were going to get, I thought it, when they were building up to it, I thought, you know, her pack's going to fail. Gozer will knock her down, come in for a killing blow and then get a blast. Right. Then from off screen, you get a blast in a, in a line. <laughs> hey flat top is a great line but i'm i'm with tim on this where i don't think it was handled all that well i wish the call you know we saw the call uh to dan Aykroyd in in the trailer, trailer. And i wish she had just left a message I, I wish that had been like left up in the air because i think that would have helped a little bit more and and i kind of have a problem with that with with how egon's character is sort of painted in this right he's kind of he like he, I don't I'm not quite sure why they're saying they're sorry to him other than they i guess they, they didn't, didn't believe, believe him. him but yeah I don't know. That whole setup just feels really, really ham-fisted and doesn't feel right and doesn't feel it doesn't feel like it does any of the characters justice. Um, is I don't know. I, I just did, I didn't like that. I mean, well, this, see, this, I like despite any of that, it doesn't matter because like I guess the problem I have with this is that he still abandoned his daughter. Yeah. And I don't care how many pictures you have of your daughter on a posted board, you still weren't there for forty-five years of her life or however or forty years of her life. According and to Andy, that, sixty-five. Sorry, Andy. And by the Andy, way, I'm 41, Andy. So what does that say about me? Uh, Andy, I've <laughs> I been said to say this for a while. I'm your father. Yeah, I, I, for me personally, like, uh, so dial it back, you know, uh, uh, Egon Spengler can burn in hell, right? When Dan Aykroyd, or when Ray never, says that. I, that's the first time I teared, well, not one of the first times I teared up, where I was like, holy shit, I didn't expect that. So I love that they put me on my heels for that because I, I, to your point, Nick, of like, they didn't do the character justice or whatever. Like, 
I'm glad it was unexpected. I'm glad it wasn't just a, uh, oh, no, it, it was all hunky-dory and we just slowly dissolved or Egon was this great guy or yada, yada, yada. I like that there was this conflict that, between them that is what caused them to go their separate ways or whatever. Like, I thought that was interesting and different and that did it. Yes, it is a giant block of exposition in a way I just don't think ever would naturally happen, right? Especially because right. of how fast it goes from like, well, now I'm definitely hanging up on you to like, right. well, here's what's going on, interpersonal details of this relationship, Andy. Plus... Let me wait till the end of the call to say that I'm Egon's yeah, granddaughter. Totally, like right? I'm, I'm the whole time, like, blurt that out. Tell him who you are. You know what I mean? Like, get this going or whatever. Yeah. It's, yeah. 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 To Tim's point, I did, that was, like, I don't think it was handled extraordinarily well. I still loved it. Like, I still wanted all that information. I still loved him at the Red Phone in the Occult Bookshop and yada, yada, yada. And Dan, see Dan Aykroyd on fucking camera, not in his goddamn baseball cap and sunglasses that I see him in every time. Yeah. Why, why I, did the group not believe him, though? I think it was, uh, I mean, again, I've seen it once and so I, I need to get back to you on exact things. We'll get back to you. Uh, it, it sounded like the idea that, you know, like ghosts are going down. Like, what are you talking about? Like, you know, we're getting less and less work. Why are you so hung up on this? Why are you so crazy about but, this? Why are you pulling away from us? And then he stole all so their shit, right? This? I forget. Yeah. Is this a sequel? Is this a sequel but to some, one or two? In the build up to this, they said it was a sequel to one and two, but I think it's pretty clear that they this is two a, never this happened, sequel right? to one. I don't know if it never happened. I think they left enough wiggle room in there I, well, where Dan, Dan Aykroyd was like, oh, you know, and it, you know, ghosts were still having it, but it went from once a month. To, it sounds like it sounds like if they really wanted to, they could. To me, I would say you ignore two, and this is just a sequel to one. Well, yeah, I do feel you, like I mean, isn't that where he got the occult bookshop? I guess he could. Yeah, that's the one to hold over, right? But I mean, like, whatever, like you know. How many fucking alternate variant universes do the same things happen just look, a little bit differently? My point yeah. is like if two happen, then this relationship, then this dynamic, the whole point of this conflict makes zero sense because in two, well, we I find guess- them in the same situation where ghosts are gone and they've lost their business. And so if Harold Ramis' character said, hey, ghosts are coming back. We need to go do this in Midtown. I can't imagine all these Ghostbusters being like not jumping at the opportunity to want to go help their friends. And not to mention you're, you're so I mean, without them, and, and please correct me if I'm wrong in the comments if there's an article I've missed or something like this, without even getting too far into this, I think we're having a moot point argument where, uh, again, Carrie Coon is 40, right? So we're talking about like Ghostbusters 2 would have happened in 89. Egon didn't have a kid then or even a wife. Like you start, we start adding up the time period. It just doesn't make sense. So Ghostbusters 2 didn't happen in their world. Yeah. I mean, also they, they mentioned, the uh, the gozer's arrival in ghostbusters one but they didn't talk with the the statue of liberty walking around yeah, yeah, yeah and i feel exactly, like that yeah. but again would have been something would have come up yeah. i'm with yeah, you I, kevin i think i'm with you i just think the wiggle room there was like paul rudd was like oh, man new york in the 80s it was like the walking dead that was 89 so if you really wanted to fudge it up a bit i'm with you don't get me wrong i'm with you of like yeah. you would have also heard about that but like, well, look i mean either way you have to have a conflict right and i, yeah. I understand that i just was disappointed kind of how this was was Ham, it felt like it was very wedged in, and it kind of felt a little bit. I don't know. I, I wish they could have come up with a little bit way, of, a better way of introducing that conflict. Yeah, because this kind of felt like Friends, right? Where it's like, oh, we're just going to come up with this conflict and throw it in there for right. the sake of dramatic purposes. And it was like, oh no, this movie was doing so well until we got to this point. The 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 main issue I had with that was that they were like, then he took all the proton packs, but they came with proton packs. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's like, I guess he didn't take all of them, huh? But also, yeah. like, you know, I, I thought the same yeah. thing. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing, too, is like for 40 years, your friend took these proton packs and said, I've been doing this thing, and you don't call them and check in. I'm like, I don't know. It just seemed, it just seemed like, yeah, it yeah it's a good call. A yeah. Good yeah, it's like, oh, oh hey, why don't we just go by and check on our friend and see how he's doing? Oh, shit, there's a mine with a temple in it with Gozer Yeah, remember and, that and, god and, we and, found? There's a, there's a, a replica of his temple on the wall here. 
and there's a hole <laughs> there's a hole with all this bubbling red shit in it and i set up yeah. all the proton packs to shoot in there also, also if, interesting if uh, quick thing dead body is here i'll take a picture yeah. of it and send it yeah, to yeah exactly right it, it, they have so uh, many cell phones this thing again though like and i know that this is i'm not trying to give it a pass everything we're saying and criticizing is correct but i think for a young adult kids movie right like that's enough you know what i mean of like but i'm with you yeah of like Clearly, the Ghostbusters would have believed this. Even if you ended on bad terms a decade ago, once you find this much information and to show them that you'd be able to turn it around. This isn't the mayor they're talking to. No, exactly. <laughs> and, and, uh, and but one thing I thought was interesting, sorry, just to shout out because it's a stupid little Ghostbuster thing, is that, you know, Tim, uh, you mentioned in the Ghostbusters 2 in review that, you know, when Winston says, what about the proton packs? That was the first time they ever called the proton pack a proton pack. This movie never calls the proton packs proton packs. I thought that was interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think they could have handled it differently, but I mean, they had to do what they had to do. I think to me, it, it took me out when the three showed up just sort of h- hanging out behind the car uh, in the outfits and the proton packs. I was like, all right, but I know that this that is cool. what fans definitely want. I had the same reaction I've had. I had with with um, The Force Awakens where I'm like the 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 adult person who has spent countless hours, you know, talking about film and, and arguing these stupid points and having people in the comments be like, Nick is so pretentious, yeah. knows that this movie's not great. But the kid in me yeah. that sees the freaking Millennium Falcon, I'm like, I'm crying. And I was crying at the end of this. I was crying at multiple parts in this because uh, it does tug. When, you know, when she sees the his Spangler's, you know, uh, coveralls, right? And when, and when uh, those little moments, I'm like, oh, God, they're Very really well just pulling it out of me, see, like. And that's, that's again, like to not, and I don't, I'm never giving it out. Everything, every criticism is correct on this so far, but it's that idea of like what this movie is trying to accomplish. Whereas I think not that I think Ghostbusters in 1984 was trying to be fucking Citizen Kane or something, but it was like this. All right, there's these three dudes and they're starting their own business. And that's what this movie is. Whereas Mm -hmm. this one is that fan service and it's for a younger audience and does this have to make is do how much exposition do we need where do you you know like the whole finn thing too where i was with you uh, trevor you know what i mean Mm -hmm. of like when he shows up at the spinner's cafe and checks in and the guys behind you know the cooks make fun of him a bit i was like oh we're gonna get a little bit of a bullying subplot here nope he just comes in the next day and works there and he's friends and he goes up there because he's really not the main character. No. He just has to go up there to see this thing and he also has to get the Ecto-1 running. Like, that's what he's doing and rather than him just show up with that shit, we, you get to see that. It's like, oh, okay, so re-censoring this movie and just making Phoebe the main character makes more sense to me in terms of what's happening and why it's happening. If anything, yeah. just let him go explore on his own because he's a loner and feels cast out and let him go discover that haunted hole in the ground as opposed to it's like to... it's that thing where he can't do that because that's phoebe right phoebe's the one who can't right. make friends phoebe's the one who can't tell jokes it, trevor is the one who isn't gonna have that trouble with and it's rare we see, see that i think in movies i thought before, I thought before we continue on let me tell you about our sponsors we got an ad break right here this episode is brought to you by me undies it's cozy season and it's time to go all in on the coes baby this year me undies wants to help you surround your family and friends with comfort uh, with new classic plaid and holiday sweater prints me undies is turning up the comfort this holiday season you know i love their undies obviously i'm wearing them right now my entire body right now is actually covered in me undies and i would never have it any other way and you get to match your whole family because they got a whole bunch of different things they got these pj sets uh you can have some plush robes some slippers whatever you decide everyone will be rolling into the new year comfy it's available in sizes extra small through 4xl me undies has a great offer for you guys for any first-time purchasers you can get 15% off and free shipping right to your door your days of fighting for your life in the mall parking lot are over to get 15% off your first order free shipping and 
100% satisfaction guarantee. Go to MeUndies.com slash morning. That's MeUndies.com slash morning. Next up, shout out to Uncommon Goods. The holidays are about more than friends and family. They're about winning the title of best gift giver ever, a title that Kevin Coelho vies for and more, mostly succeeds with every single year. And Uncommon Goods can help make you a Kevin Coelho and give you an edge on this year's competition. Gia has been using this to get a lot of her friends some stuff and family. They have some fun puzzles. They have these fun uh, pint glasses that are based on different baseball fields out there. Really cool stuff. Uncommon Goods also offers uncommon experiences. You can choose from live online classes in mixology, cooking, flower arranging, embroidery, and more from hand-picked artists and experts. Plus, with every purchase you make, Uncommon Goods gives $1 to a non-profit partner of your choice. Really cool stuff. To get 15% off your next gift, go to uncommongoods.com slash kindoffunny. That's uncommongoods.com slash kindoffunny for 15% off. Don't miss out on this limited time offer. Uncommon Goods, we're all out of the ordinary. And next up, shout out to stamps. We're all trying to save around the holidays, and that includes saving time because no one wants to spend theirs in line at the post office. Dodge all of that with stamps.com. Stamps.com lets you compare rates, print labels, and access exclusive discounts on UPS and UPS services all year long. Whether you're selling online, running an office, or side hustle, stamps.com can save you tons of money and stress, not to mention time over the holidays. Uh, Kind of funny, we have a ton of things to give away. We do physical giveaways all the time and we have to ship them out and thanks to stamps.com it makes it a lot easier for joey noel and cool greg uh to stay sane and save a lot of their time and money plus you can get discounts of up to 40 percent off usps and 76 percent off ups save time and money this holiday season with stamps.com sign up with promo code kind of funny for a special offer that includes a four-week trial free postage and a digital scale no long-term commitments or contracts just go to stamps.com click the microphone at the top of the page and enter code kind of funny go for it nick i thought the kids in the the uh, diner were going to be the walter peck characters right and that's kind of something this movie was missing this movie doesn't <laughs> on imdb have... one of them is named Thickneck, so there you go yeah <laughs> name like Thickneck, he's got to right. be the bad guy <laughs> so i mean that that was one of the things too that i think they they smartly utilized in the original ghostbusters to heighten the tension was that they had a, a human antagonist and it was a person mm-hmm. who was a bureaucrat and there's nothing scarier in new york than bureau than bureaucracy let me tell you um but this movie kind of was foul ball right that. there but i appreciate the swing <laughs> damn, it. damn it give it to me Greg. What, what is the line i was looking for i don't I, can, well, I, don't, I have no idea what you're looking for i just thought you're taking no. a shot in the bureaucracy of new york city <laughs> no I was, I was trying to do the rick dissertation Moran. by one nick scarpino i was trying to do the rick moranis line at the end of it like many many slurs and slogs will mm-hmm. i can tell you that it doesn't yeah, matter yeah, yeah. um it's, it's friday ladies and gentlemen but no but but i love that character and that character is is neat we needed something in there trying to get in phoebe's way because for the most part she's just kind of like the movie unfolds pretty seamlessly even when the when the ghost comes and she loses the ghost i guess i guess they tried to make the town sheriff that she almost murders him with the proton pack yeah, that, was, was that was a weird that was a take. weird that was a moment weird scene um but uh man i'll tell you when they fire up that proton pack oh yeah that nice. andy, andy from kind of funny i also thought there was kind of a missed opportunity with having phoebe saying she doesn't believe in ghosts um, because that line was really only so that podcast could say, well, I'm a kind of conspiracist, um, you know, a supernatural podcaster. That's what my podcasts are about. And I thought her not believing in ghosts was going to lead to something else uh, a bit bigger. But 
I mean, she's playing chess with a ghost at night that with, was, with her so grandfather. That was one of the things that I had an issue with was that nobody seems really scared about anything in this movie. Are you afraid and, of no ghost? And it's Nailed it's not like I mean I talked to Tim about this and he was like well it's not like in the original Ghostbusters people were like terrified and I'm like that's true a lot of the terror was played for laughs but at no point in this movie are any of the kids really like jarred by any of these experiences even when they first see Muncher you know it's more like excitement than it is scare like terror and I think that was unfortunate like that was a, that was a little mm-hmm. bit of a misdirection for me I he lunges sort of- fucking metal at them. <laughs> Yeah, but it's about a kid empowerment, right? Like it, it, for them at that point, right? Like it's mm-hmm. that idea. Don't get me wrong; you're not wrong. It's the idea of like, again, ghosts don't exist in their world, so it's not really something to be afraid of. I think for them. And then Phoebe's yeah, introduction right. is that it's her grandfather. Of course, I would immediately be like, "How do you know this isn't the devil?" I've watched enough fucking right, Conjuring exactly. movies to know you're gonna take my Come soul. On. Yeah, I got I'm gonna have this fucking guy from Aquaman out here trying to get me out of a dream state. This is an insidious right. reference. I'm burying it, but I'm trying. Anyway, like you know. But uh, she doesn't know that. She's just out there. It's a helpful ghost helping her make the, you know, get the proton pack functioning or whatever. And then you get out there and it is fun to go shoot it's, this ghost. I thought, it, I thought it was really interesting on the car ride home talking to Jen how uh, underplayed ghosts were in general in this thing. You know what I mean? Where like when, they, when Gozer uh, is back in full swing and we get the, you know, I believe it's magic, magic and all the pink shit shooting out. I was like, here we go. We're going to get nonstop ghosts. We get one minor. minor, We get the eyeball shooting ghost toy we all had from that. And we get Muncher. I was like, oh, shit. All right. That's it. That's that's what's happening out there. A little marshmallow, guys. Oh, oh, God. God. That was another thing where it's like, I I love Ghostbusters with all my heart and soul. You probably don't know that about me. I keep it close to my chest. But I hate that there, Mm. when you do a Ghostbusters anything, there is a Ghostbusters checklist of shit that has to be in it. And for years, it's been Terror Dogs and Gozers. And of course, it's Stay Puft Marshmallow Man. And so, like, I love the fact so that I love I love the fact that cool. There is a um, pomp and circumstance. There is a ceremony to get Gozer. You need to have the terror dogs possess people, keep key master, yada yada. Great, we're actually doubling down on this ritual. That's awesome. Why the terror dogs being in Walmart, an abandoned Walmart that only Paul Rudd's in, must have been shot like fucking. This must have been April 2020. <laughs> they were like, Paul, we got to film this scene, but you, we can't have anybody else in there. We're sorry. Yeah. He's like, I got it. Don't worry. We'll hide it. We'll put in CG people. No money. We can't put CG people in. You are in an empty Walmart all by yourself for some reason. <laughs> Paul, it's an empty town. Yeah, first off, empty. first off, I'm there's sorry. clerks in Walmart. There's something. There's nah, more cars in the parking. It's not that fucking weird Amazon takes, store where it just knows what you yeah. bought. This movie <laughs> takes place five years in the future. It's all animated. Mm-hmm. Anyways, though, so before I get too far off the, the thing, like the terror dog being in there to possess him, I get, I like. Why did the spirit also make the Stay Puft Marshmallow minis? Obviously to sell toys. Obviously to sell fucking Stay Puft Marshmallow mini toys to morons who will buy anything <laughs> Ghostbusters related. But they're they're so adorable. Good. I love them. Don't get me wrong. Up. But it was like, ah, oh, why? Why are they it's doing It's everything this? Porgs wanted to be. You know what I mean? That's true. Yeah. But that brings up a question it. though, right? Like wasn't the process that the, the gatekeeper and the key master yep. mate – they bring about the coming of Gozer, and Gozer makes you choose your own destructor. And wasn't it, yeah. that the Stay Puft? Yeah. 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 That's, that's so how that was Gozer. Gozer. Yeah. Right? The Gozer. Yeah, Gozer says shoes, right? Yeah. And he's like, and he's like, I could, you know, he has the whole dialogue about the thing with the boy and all that stuff. And then the Stay Puft comes in. I was missing that point. I was like, what are they going to choose as their destructor? And then it never came. And I was like, I oh, mean, Gozer like, learned from her mistakes. She just laid yeah. on her little thing that time. She was like, laying well, there. Well, so they split her up pretty quick. This time, like you know, so yeah, but she does just like lounge. She lounged for a bit, you know. Yeah, I mean, that's yeah. what you do when you come from another dimension. Can I can I say that the the biggest laugh I got out of this whole movie 
was Paul Rudd walking into the Walmart and the way he walks, <laughs> and then he opens up the ice cream thing Java and picks up and goes, Jamoka. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm saying, man. Anything this Nick, guy does, really and, hard and, too. The fact does. that one you, of, you say that was your biggest joke. laugh. I also really appreciated how hard you laughed at the Cujo joke when oh they double back to Cujo just mauling no. something, and you're like, "When they <laughs> doubled that, when they, when he, they cut back Chucky. to the next day, and it's child's play." Yeah, <laughs> I was like, "Dude, that's that's so, so funny. smart." Yeah, that's very and the thing so is, funny. like, we're laughing at it because it's so inappropriate. I think we're mostly laughing at it because in our minds, we know it's Paul Rudd putting on that yes, movie for the kids. it's not the character. So that's just, like, Paul another Rudd. funny choice. And, like, man, he needed to be utilized more. And I, I I loved even the sequences of him breaking them out of jail. Or not breaking them out, but just taking them out of jail because oh, yeah. the kids were put Dealing in jail or whatever. Mom. And yeah. him being like, you know, you two. <laughs> like, trying yeah. to be the fatherly figure. Yeah. She's so when she turns good. around and yells at uh, Trevor, and he's like, me? He's like, not, no, not you, him. <laughs> <laughs> Paul Rudd is just a delight. He's a delight. Yeah, he always yeah. will be. <laughs> it was great, and on but, and he had I thought great chemistry with uh, McKenna Grace. I thought those yes. two were just phenomenal. Let's get to the plot, everybody. Oh, we're doing, oh, we're doing plot. <laughs> Jesus Christ! It's the show we do. Yeah, yeah. He became a dad. Little Benny came loose. <laughs> what oh, is God. his name? Greg Miller. He's gonna say the plot. He'll drink recap juice. What is his name? Greg Miller. We're gonna let Tim host. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Ghostbusters Afterlife. If you can believe it, it's finally fucking here after a million failed projects, a reboot, and everything under the sun. Bill Murray saying he'll never come back, saying he'd come back, won't come back. Dan Aykroyd, for years and years, continuing to say he wrote Bill Murray a role of a lifetime, and he said no. Harold Ramis dying, a Ghostbusters video game. We are here. We are getting a third Ghostbusters movie in the Ghostbusters universe that you know and love from 1984. We will begin in one Somerville, Oklahoma, where... We have one of those towers. It looks like Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Remember that one, Richard Dreyfuss? Remember oh, yeah. he's making the old mashed potato tower you thing? Know I, you know, I tried watching that, the intro for that, very, very long. I was like, I mean, Steven Spielberg really kind of tightened it up after that movie. Yeah. It's a little I haven't seen it in do. fucking years, but I remember it was like when Blockbuster first brought out the you know, all you can rent pass or whatever. Yeah. I went and got like that because, you know, uh, anyways, they got a they got a fucking mine out there. It looks like a giant tower in the background and a big old proton beam shoots up into the sky and making all the noises and shit. And then what happens? We see a car, a man racing out of the mine, holding a ghost trap. I don't know if you see it right away. Uh, gets in the car. He's driving like a bat out of hell. Spirit's chasing him. Eventually, Spirit hits the car, right? Uh, car tumbles around over the thing. Dude gets out. He runs through a cornfield, runs up to his old house with the ghost trap, uh, you know, flicks some things, and then stands there and waits and watches the fucking cornfield. And then what happens? The cornfield kind of parts. Trending. And the dude holds up the ghost trap, and we're like, oh, fuck, he's got a ghost trap. What's he doing? And it's Egon. It's, clear, it's very clearly Egon. He's right. got the ghost trap. Like, oh, my God, what's he going to do cool there? And then he's waiting, and he's waiting, and waiting. And then we see, like, in this the, the dirt, we see these, like, ghostly footprints. Remember, a lot like that movie, uh, Paranormal Activity. Tim, stop being a coward. Let's do Paranormal Activity and re- review when I come back. And it goes, boom, boom, boom. And then uh, Egon hits a, a ghost, a patented ghost trap, uh, uh, you know, stomper uh, thing. And what happens? These like capacitors over here, they flicker and, and they don't do the thing clearly. And I think Egon pumps it once or twice. I will apologize, everybody. I saw this movie once last night. Uh, I had a great time at it, but I was there very much as a fan, not at, on a work capacity. So my this will be a very and they do the thing, you know, I hate on it in review of like, hey, we got three sets. Let's keep coming back here at random times, having mm-hmm. similar things. <laughs> the mom goes down the pole. I'm like, ah, oh, fuck. How am I gonna? 
remember when it was the other pole dance. Anyways, I had to do the Eternals review, and they cut back and forth between time periods like fifty sure. times. I'm like, I'm yeah. lost. No one knows the cross we bear. You know what I mean? You got, you got these clowns, the Anthony Carboonies. They show up, and Anthony Carboonies are getting roses thrown at their feet every day. They go, "Oh, Carboonie, you're so good. You're oh, so you're so right. funny." You're he doesn't so have to right, fucking guys. remember anything. He does Amen. one whip. It comes on the show, talks for four hours. Everybody's like, "He's great." I don't, Amen. You don't want right. to. You couldn't be more that. right, Greg. <laughs> Real quick. You always got my back. <laughs> the, did anyone else notice that the intro to this movie is the intro to Detective Pikachu? Like the exact oh, yeah. same thing with like when Mewtwo was like chasing the car, flips the car down the mm. like the road. It's like literally the same fucking oh, yeah. movie. This is better though because it's Ghostbusters. Cool. Yeah, um, cool. this one's he stomps the th- yeah. thing, doesn't work. Uh, he runs into the house, shuts the door, uh, hides the ghost trap, uh, then moves a chair and sits there with his patented uh, PKE meter. There is a new thing on it though, a little red deal that he hits and it turns into a little PKE uh, uh, stun gun. Anyways though, uh, he waits there in the chair and you would of course uh, immediately, I mean there's a million things I will talk about and we will miss. Don't even get me started on the score being exactly from 84, but sits in a chair very akin to the one uh, Dana Barry got possessed in and caught in, right? Mm-hmm. Sits there, waits there. The spirit comes in behind him, creeping in, right? The fog machine, very, very cool. Uh, comes up behind him. The PK meter goes. He turns into a stun gun. It's a terror dog, but boom, then the hands come out. Uh, Egon d- dies. We- we'll find out later he dies. Uh, but he dies. He's dead in the chair or whatever, right? And drops the old PKE meter, goes underneath the chair, uh, never to be found again until like a week yeah, later. Not, not never. Who found yeah. the body? A week later. Yeah. Any pots. But the, 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 the moment where the, the PKE meter goes off, can't kind of being like, suddenly there's a new ghost That's in this ghost. house. Yeah. Was. I, I loved it so much. Yeah. yeah. Really I, cool. I, I so think cool. per, personally, again, I think as a fan and as a movie watcher, and then as I think, you know, if I was to put on a younger set of eyes and watch this as a kid, I think it's so cool. And again, unexpected, if you remember even how I was predicting this movie, that they commit to Egon's ghost being there the whole time. I thought Egon's ghost was going to be at the very end when we saw it in the trailer, right? Carrie Coon with the light behind her. And I was like, oh shit, that's going to be the reveal to her that Egon's there. And yeah, I was so happy they did it early. And like McKenna has this relationship with her ghost grandpa uh, getting going, but we're getting ahead of ourselves. From there, we'll go uh, to one, the only Chicago, Illinois, ladies and gentlemen, uh, where uh, Trevor, Phoebe, and Carrie Coon, whose name in the movie I always forget, Callie. That's going to be hard because it's Callie and Carrie. We'll just call her Carrie Coon, everybody. The same thing with Paul Rudd's character. It's Paul Rudd. All right, we're not going to. Fucking worry about Goobertron or whatever his fucking name is. Gary Greg's no Gary, it's Gary. Gary Goobertron, Gary Gooberman, uh Gooberson, that's it. Anyways, uh we're in Chicago, Illinois. You say, Greg, you don't know it's fucking Chicago, Illinois. How do you know Chicago, Illinois? Well, you fucking clown. While you were there munching on your popcorn, not paying attention to shit, I'll tell you that Finn Wolfhard was wearing a Chicago shirt and they have Illinois plates. So they're definitely in at least Chicago land, you son of a bitch. Because I'll tell you right now, all the hicks out in Decatur, Illinois, they ain't fucking wearing Chicago shirts, all right? (laughs) They get laughed out of whatever stall they're hanging out with their horses. Nobody's ever bought a shirt in Chicago. Warned in any other state. <laughs> they got Illinois plates, Nick. All right, Illinois plate. If I'm in, if I'm I, fucking I, hanging I, out down south in Metropolis, Illinois, in a Chicago shirt, they're gonna be like, represent where you're from, clown shoes. This is Metropolis, Illinois, home of Superman. I'd like to apologize to everyone except for Anthony Carbuni. Oh fuck this guy! Don't get me started on him. <laughs> Anyways, he did text me yesterday. He said, "I'm very excited for you today." So I appreciate that, Carbuni. You're a good guy. You're no Jeff Kanata, but you're a good guy. Anyways. Mm-hmm. 
they're there. Uh, as Andy has pointed out, we have a 65-year-old mother here who just can't keep her shit together, right? She's behind <laughs> on the rent payments. She can't keep anything going. The kids are taking care of themselves. You know, Phoebe's making the electro- electricity, electricity, electricity work. Uh, <laughs> you know, she's doing things in the wall. Stealing she's, the she's neighbor's there. electricity is what she was doing. Yeah, yeah. It sounded like something like that, right? Or they were doing something wrong. You know, it all happened very fast. But eventually, you know, uh, uh, Carrie uh, opens the door and it's the guy and he's like, hey, I'm here for the rent. And she's like, Landlord. listen, my my dad just died. And he's like, I'm sorry. She's like, don't be. He's a deadbeat. And I didn't know him. And again, in a movie of lots of exposition, and I, I, I know we've kind of touched on this, I could have gone for more. I really could have. I really, I, I held out hope maybe that Janine was going to be her mom. Like where, I, yeah. where was the mom in this? And again, if she's dead, I totally get that happens. But I like see. a little bit of like, he left us and didn't say anything. He went crazy and went off on his own. And I kept you away from him. Like, just a little, what's going on here? Yeah, a little mm-hmm. something. That that was my thing too. Is like she just she's so hard on him in this. And granted, the way they set it I mean, up, it she has every like right she to be. be. Yeah. But I wished they had just kind of backed that off a little. And she had been like, yeah, I they my parents divorced, and I went to live with my mother, and he just never he was never there for me. Like yeah. I think that could have been okay, but instead, it makes it sound like he abandoned his child, which just feels. I don't know. I mean, I understand why he would do it, but that just feels really wrong for the Egon character. And maybe I'm looking yeah. at looking at and, Egon and through rose-colored feel, glasses. And that's the thing is, like, it feels like not even for you, Egon character, of course, yeah, because we think of him as a good guy from Ghostbusters one. It just, I feel like there would have been a, a letter from him. You know what I mean? Or at least something where she, she, if she would have been. No, my dad went crazy. He moved yeah. out to there. He had this crazy theory about ghosts and the end of the world. And, and so I cut off all contact. I didn't want to be a part of it. But it's just yeah. like, even, I have to go stop Gozer again, everybody. So but I'm like, never going to speak to you. Like, that's my thing is like Egon from the first movie would have not seen the problem with bringing his daughter to that yeah. farmhouse. And that's my problem. It's like Egon from the first movie was like, remember, this is the person who's like, they're like, we had to stop you from drilling through your own head. And he's like, it would have worked if you hadn't, right? Like, that yeah. obviously was a joke. But that Egon doesn't see the world the way the rest of us do, right? The rest of us know it's we're like not going to put a child. We're not going to put a child in that, in that like situation. Spock. But right. I, I don't believe that the Egon from number one wouldn't just be like, yeah, you're coming with me. Why wouldn't you? You'll help me. It doesn't, like, you know? Yeah. It, it, it would have made more sense if there was a mother character who was like, I, don't, I think he went a little, you know, off his rocker. And I, to protect you, I had to keep you from him. Yeah, and exactly. he never reached yeah. out because he knew the perils of doing so or something like that. I don't know. Yeah, it's, you know, I mean, Gozer's coming to end the world. I don't think Gozer's like coming and then first going to go pick the skin off your child. You know what I mean? Like, just yeah, it's, suck it up. Cares. Yeah, exactly. Because yeah. Gozer, I mean, barely even remembers the Ghostbusters, which I was kind of disappointed in. They say he, I think she remembers us, but I was really hoping when Phoebe walked up in her suit, which was fucking awesome that they all put on the suits. But when Phoebe walked up in the suits, I was hoping there'd be some kind of. I remember that logo or some kind of shit like that. You know? All the all the adult suits that were that perfectly fit the shut kids. Up, <laughs> Somehow. Shut up. Egon made technology that shrunk them to their size. Yeah, Bill Murray, Harold Ramis, all six foot three. And, and these kids put these on and it's like I'm when sure I look like I put your shirts on, Craig. Yeah, I know. I well, I like a podcast is the only one who went through the trouble of making his own name tag. <laughs> They're yes. like, get in the car. He's like, hold on a second. I gotta fucking make Branding. one of this podcast. Oh, nice. Cool. 
Uh, anyways, uh, no rent, uh, no uh, rent. Remember Spider-Man? You remember that guy? Uh, he's going to get triple rent in the new one. <laughs> no way home in theaters this December. Uh, anyways, uh, no rent. She's like this. And he's, she's like, too bad. You're getting fucking evicted. And she's like, all right, let's fucking go to Oklahoma, everybody. And so we get a little montage of them driving. They're driving. The car breaks down and they're fixing it. And they're driving and they're reading. They're, they're being pals and stuff in the car. They're kicking shit around in the car and stuff. Maybe there's a joke made here about how uh, uh, Phoebe, you know, is, you know, a dork. But I don't think so. No. Hey, uh, that's when they're going to school. Yeah, yeah, you're right, right, right. Which so is like, which was a really good comedic moment. And but, yeah. I just oh, dude, when she winks that. at Paul Rudd, and he's like, "Was that a joke?" And she's like, "Yes, that's why <laughs> I wink." And I was like, "That is so to, to Nick's point." I'm like, "That is so Egon of yeah. Ghostbusters one." Right. And if you were trying to be like, "All right, we got to spice this up," you got to be a person. You got to make jokes and shit. This is a weird wink. <laughs> yeah, the dead, the deadpan stuff. I needed a lot more of that because even Bill Murray. But, you know, I, Egon obviously is more deadpan because of that's just his personality type. But Bill Murray brought a lot of those kind of just here's a quick one liner mm-hmm. without much fanfare. But you're laughing like I'm laughing my ass off watching it here because it's just that clever and comedic of a line. And I, I needed a bit more of that um, to sort of opposite Paul Rudd yeah. bring in the heat. Paul I mean, Rudd bring in the heat. That moment of, of Finn Wolfhard being like, tell one of your, how are your jokes going? And then coming back, I think even that, I was like, that hit, but it could have hit harder. They needed a beat more oh, where, I he, started it, where he stared at his mom and was like, yeah, that was good. That was good. I liked it a lot. It was, it, I think that the idea was good. I think, again, I think the idea behind a lot of these jokes was good. I just feel like the kids, I mean, again, this is no disrespect to these kids. I mean, you're talking about, we're comparing them to, some of the best comedic actors of their time. Um, it's just, I don't think they quite had the timing down for some of the delivery with this stuff. Uh, so anyways, though, we get to the farmhouse, uh, the old dirt farm. Uh, as we pull in, uh, we see, of course, the Book of Revelations quote. We remember well from Ghostbusters 1, of course. The black sackcloth, sack you know, uh, seas boils, guys fell. Uh, this is normal. That's another good line. Yeah, exactly. Totally. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. You didn't tell me. Wait, wait, he's got another one, too. I, I, I'm i sorry, everybody. I wish I could see this movie four we more times. a murder house this. or something. Yeah, oh, he didn't tell me it was a murder house. Dirt dirt is just written in fucking spray I, yeah. paint. And again, like, they're doing through... It's, it's, it's this weird walk, right? They're doing through the environmental storytelling here that, like, okay, clearly Egon was out there. This isn't the Egon that had a gri- grip on right. everything in Ghostbusters right. 1, right? But they just don't give us enough in, on the right. nose, enough, uh, like, you know, in all of Dan Aykroyd's exposition, even of just like this blowout of like, he went crazy. He was, you know, this is what yeah. was so crazy about him, other than he saw all the shit and left and went to yeah. Oklahoma. See, you know? that's my thing. That's my thing. When we get to the, the, the Bible quotes, I'm like, you're telling me Egon took the time out of his day to go spray paint those on the side for what purpose? What, what, did, what do those serve? What, well, I think Egon, you, I mean, I think. I think the purpose was you're supposed to paint Egon is leaving clues, right? Like the whole reason he hides the trap the way he hides the trap is that he knows that fuck, I have to enact the final plan. Like again, I get this part. I get the I'm so lost in this conspiracy theory that I have gotten to the final plan. And the final plan is I'm going to hide this trap in a way the ghost can't get to it or know where it is and then let them kill me so that I can convince whoever comes here next. Maybe he knew it would be his granddaughter, Phoebe, that I can convince them, hey, here's what's going to get the Ghostbusters, hopefully, to come here, to see the quote, to put it together, to understand what's going on. That's, That's what I took away from it. But again, I, I just don't I, I, I don't think it was in terms of the narrative of like other than the, it's show don't it's clunky. tell me it's exactly yeah exactly yeah. exactly anyways though they get in the house they look around we have the symmetrical book stacking from ghostbusters uh 84 that we all love and appreciate again that funny but but 
a lot of these, I'm like, this is a lot of Easter eggs. This is a lot of homage that we're getting in these. Some well, yeah. They could have backed off it yeah, just a but little bit. I don't know. I, I thought it was subtle enough that like I didn't get that till right now and that makes total well, sense I, I yeah. thought the special was, book stack can kind of beat you over the head if you if you had seen the first yeah, one you're no, a fan of it I mean I have seen the first one but that's, that's something I remembered and like it is a moment like there was a moment where I was like that's weird that the books are just stacked that way and now it makes total sense yeah but the weird the reason the books were stacked that way was because the librarian ghost stacked them so was the librarian ghost in his house or did he stack them that way I mean he just stacked them that way, stack them it, that it, way. There, there's a lot of stuff in here that is like Again, I don't think it's a reference to that part of it as much as like, hey, remember Ghostbusters 1984? I think there's there. If you remember in the I don't remember if I put it in the trailer reactions or if we talked about it or if it's even on a piece of content or just something I fucking tell people. But in the run up to this, when they did one of the trailers and it was uh, the Trevor character working on the Ecto one underneath the hood, laying on the thing, working on it. And he's using the same mat that Dan Aykroyd used mm-hmm. in 1984 in the same way when Dana Barrett walks in. When people commented on that, Jason Reitman's like, if you like that, we got a whole movie of that. And this is one of those things in there where it's like the books are stacked the same way. When they go when when Phoebe comes downstairs, and I guess even when the rest of them probably come downstairs, in the background, there is the the little door hanger from a hotel that says, you know, the maid is out or they want the maid or whatever. Mm-hmm. That is from what they they had that in the original Ghostbusters the on their on their oh. little uh, you know, the room they all shared together. Mm-hmm. And it, it, it they walked that line of beating you over the head with stuff that I think would have been maybe cool on its own. Like the crunch wrapper in the jumpsuit. Again, I'm like, it's cute, but also like, we didn't need that. So opening like the one glove box and the Twinkie falls. I'm like, yeah, all right. Is, right. Like, I thought to see oh, in one of the, that's really fun to like, okay, we get it. Things when they had a wide shot of the downstairs, when they slid down the fire pole, and they had the wide shot. I saw the, you know, the Rick Moranis, Vince Clotho, like uh, colander with all the shit on it from Ghostbusters yeah. one. Right. And I was like, oh, that's a cool Easter egg. And then, of course, the next like three scenes later, podcast comes down and puts it on. Right. And I was like, all right. Yeah, like this is I get it. Like, I, I, I still think it's funny and cute. And if you had missed it in the foreground or whatever, like I get what they're trying to do. And it works. And I it is this push and pull of nostalgia plus trying to like do something goofy for this movie. And to what we've said a million times. Right. It's like. If you hadn't watched this, if you are a 13-year-old or a 7-year-old or whoever's watching this, you just think it's a goofy thing and you don't realize that that's a thing to it and it's mm-hmm. whatever. And it's like Yeah. I feel like with with the the thing that he put on his head, like I that isn't that podcast thing? Like he seemed like everything that he saw, he picked up, looked at, put on his face, put on his head, put on the outfit. Like I just Sure, I no, fit, I didn't like, think it was out character. of character yeah. for him. I just yeah, thought it yeah, was yeah. like Oh, we're really going to beat over, over your head right. like these things. Sure. Similar to like, that are from like if, if you're doing uh, this, if you want to be a little more subtle about it, you go either the crunch wrap or the Twinkie. We don't need yeah. both. Yeah, yeah, we yeah, should have yeah, gone yeah. with the Twinkie. Fire the Twinkie's funnier. And the fire pole was a weird choice. It's cool I, aesthetically, but the fact that he went to this house and was like, I'm going to install a fire pole here. But like, <laughs> doesn't that like I, I like that being part of like the fact that he doesn't do a good job emoting being that like he put mm, that in there mm. to remember like as a homage sure, that. to the to the fire station right, also that's how he processed that emotion of missing his friends yeah yeah exactly i like it, I like it but, but my uh, first thought was like it's like going he's a scientist and you're going down into this like sterile laboratory where is this all this dust and raccoons and shit falling down there fucking with yeah. the proton pack <laughs> uh i i also feel like i don't like if i saw a fireman's pole i wouldn't use it immediately i'd I find out where it goes i, oh. I gotta make sure because what's the exit strategy here what if you said you climbing up the fire pole? The mom well, and the daughter did, and it's like, like but it's I don't the know, thing man. They ha- like at that point, they have the PKE. They they've understood we're doing a hot and cold game. We understand again. 
I again, me as the Ghostbuster, I'd be like, "Fuck no, I ain't going down there without a pack." Like clearly, this is the devil. This is Patrick Wilson trying to get me to go fucking be part of Insidious <laughs> Five. I'm not just going down there unprepared. I don't know what I'm getting into. It, it detaches from the ceiling, Kevin. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Then you're stuck there. You got to starve or eat all the leather shoes that are down there. Yeah, all it's you got to do, do is go through. Yeah, all the all the outfits. I got crunch bars and Twinkies galore in here. All the mold down there, yeah. Anyways, we're way off base, but you understand what we're talking about. Uh, then the first earthquake happens, right? They all get underneath the table. Again, Trevor has a good line, but it's been spoiled by trailers, right? I thought of just like, hey, remember that summer we all died underneath the kitchen table? Uh, from there, they got to go get some food, so they ride on into Somerville, right? Just a picturesque Oklahoma town. I'm sorry, Nick Scarpino. I'll tell you what, the, the um, director's cut of this movie is going to be insane because yeah. like half the trailer was not in this movie. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah, yeah. wild. Yeah, that scene where the kid pops the bag of chips wasn't there? Not in this movie. The and scene I was where, very insight with with him working on the car that you were talking yeah. about. Not yeah. in this movie. Yeah. Uh, there's like there's like half a trailer. It was just like not. I'm like waiting for that scene. I'm like, well, we didn't get any of that stuff, which I love. Yeah. By the way, I love when they do that shit. Yeah, totally. Him working on the car in this movie was weird. Like, I, I feel like I missed something uh, of why he was doing it. He wanted a like car. he just kind of wants a car because he's yeah. almost sixteen and just doesn't give a yeah. shit. He has nothing to do. Yeah. There was also, also that yeah, line. Shit. Where, in the trailer where they were like, yeah, this is the only car that has an engine. Right. She goes, you like, with the hearse? No and he cars. goes, yeah, this is the only one that had an engine, right? But yeah, but, they only had this one car in this Yeah, there was no other cars. Yeah. <laughs> well, so, no, they, no, 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 there were. There were. There was a whole bunch of caddies out in the back that were rusted out and fucked down up. Ones. And, like, that was my, when, I, when they showed it, I was like, oh, clearly Egon's been trying to keep Ecto-1 up and running. So he gets all these different catalogs to get the parts he needs oh, to put into the Ecto-1. Part them out. That's cool. yeah, yeah. And that's why there'd be just the one engine. Yeah. Um, and dude, he fucks that thing up when he takes off the jump. Oh my like, god! Like, yeah. I saw yeah, the old go like, like that. I was like, Oof. He just bend it the shit out of that frame. Yeah, that <laughs> would have destroyed the car. Yeah. yeah. Uh, anyways, they drive into Somerville uh, and they go to Spinners, everybody's favorite. Uh, uh, what do you call it? Roller hop. What do you, Andy? You remember these things when you were? Yeah, kid, it's a little room. sonic driving. It's yeah, one of them yeah, roller hopping do that. Could you go yeah. for a cherry limeade right now? Oh maybe. my god, give me a cherry limeade and maybe some cheese fries. Oh, no, oh ocean water, god, no dang. ocean water. Anyways, they roll up. They make a comment. I can't believe this kind of thing still exists. Uh, they start looking around a bit. And then, of course, uh, Finn Wolfhard. Just what a fucking name. Uh, he sees Lucky. And he's like, hold on. I'll see you guys later. And he, he goes on inside. Yeah. And a great uh, reaction there from Carrie Coon. I love that moment. because She's just like, whatever, right? Like, no, no. She, like, he goes, I'll be right back. And then she kind of like, why? Where are you going? And she, and she looks and sees where he's going. And she goes, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I, yeah. I, I, God, this yeah. is expected. This is the type mm-hmm. of person you are. Uh, and so he goes in there. Uh, he gets the job application. Uh, he's filling it out. Uh, starts talking to Lucky. You know, it doesn't do well, obviously. He, he, I don't know the place. Yeah, you know, blah, blah. It's just a stupid kid's conversation, of course, when you're flustered with a girl you like. Uh, and then, of course, what is it? Thick neck, I assume, and Swayze. <laughs> from the, from the thing. There's Elton, Swayze, and Thick neck. I'm not sure where they all shake out and what they're doing in there, but they're, they will say, the chefs, and they make fun of them for it. And again, it's just a weird little scene. Uh, the right. burgers show up. The- oh, sorry, what? A uh, fun thing about the the credits of like maybe people like Thick Neck or whatever. I don't know yeah. if you noticed, but Ernie Hudson was credited as Doctor Winston Zedmore. He was the only one that was not a doctor in the the old movies. No, well, yeah, Ernie Hudson with the glow up in this. Come, and I mean, I guess sorry, Winston mm-hmm. with the glow up in this, right? Of course, going from eleven five a year to owning whatever giant fucking corporation he owns with all these awards. I don't know exactly, but cool. I love the idea that the um, that Ivan Reitman and all of the production crew 
ha- didn't really know the kid's name at the time, and they just said, hey, he's got a thick-ass neck, name him Thick Neck for now, <laughs> and we'll put his real name in there. <laughs> oh, and oh the- man, make sure we change that before the credits go, though. We want to give him a complex. <laughs> the movie comes out of the kid sitting in the theater, like, Thick Neck? <laughs> what the- <laughs> My name was Joseph. Motherfuckers. <laughs> Uh, there was some weird editing in that in that scene because like what it l- kind of looks like very quickly after Finn is walking out of the 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 uh, restaurant mm-hmm. to go sit with his family and like all there's like a bunch of people in a car making fun of the thing that just happened. Yeah, 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 be yeah like yeah, oh Casanova, Casanova. It's like, yeah. when the, when the yeah. fuck did anyone have a chance to explain this to these people? You're on the clock. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Listen, man, world travels fast. World travels fast. Yeah, these kids, time. they're all texting. They're all yeah, WhatsApping. True. You know what I mean? You ever WhatsApp, Gav? There's probably a Tic Tac yeah. about it. They're over there. being <laughs> like, hey, <laughs> like, you'll, never, you'll never believe what just fucking happened. This new kid showed up, and he tried to fucking say this girl owns it. Tic Tac with Carboonie. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. Uh, this is where the burgers get delivered and the waitress starts asking a few questions about what they're doing where they're from and she's like oh yeah we're at the fucking haunted house he's like the Uh, dirt farmer had a family (laughs) another thing that i thought was weird was everything that everyone that works here is no more than 17 18 this waitress 85 years old (laughs) and it's fine i'm okay with it but i just i felt like that came out of nowhere yeah, yeah, hundred percent. You are hundred. I, I want you to know, like, you know, last night as I'm laying down to go to bed, juiced up on Ghostbusters energy, I started doing like a little bit of like shit. I'm a how I know I'm I'm loose on this one, trying to f- piece it all together. And I was like, all right. And then the, an old lady tells them about the dirt. I'm mm-hmm. like, was she the waitress? <laughs> weren't, weren't the waitresses all the like yeah, sixty? For a <laughs> second, I, I thought it was a reference to not another teen movie where they were like. A reporter yeah, hey, come here. Teenage. Hello, teenagers. It's Hello, teenagers. Yeah, 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 Steve Buscemi. <laughs> no, there was. Uh, so, oh, wait, that's not, go ahead. They go back to they go back to the thing. Now that we've established that he's the dirt farmer, and like that's a weird one. Uh, they go back to uh, the farmhouse. Uh, everybody starts getting ready for bed. Uh, Phoebe uh, has the chessboard. Uh, she's on her. She's laying down. The chessboard gets knocked down. She puts it back up. She sets it back up. Right? Does that sound right? Mm-hmm. That sound right? Mm-hmm. Um, and she drifts off to sleep, but the PKA meter goes off, but she doesn't hear it. Uh, when she wakes the next day, one of the chess pieces has moved forward, but it's time to go to school. Now, like, see, wait a second. Heard this this was the this was the point where I wish there was a little beat of like what's going on here, and I all I needed was like one line where she told Finn Warfall like stop screwing with my chess. Yeah. Set. yeah, 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 yeah. Except she just looks at it and goes a ghost, and just now you know what I mean. That's like, I don't no know if she goes point. a ghost. I, I I'm with you that I like. I, when for she, either for it's out of character for her mother or her brother to do this, and right. I thought she would have made a reference to it to someone as well. Yeah. Right. So I think like I mean it's well, it's not out of character, right? It doesn't it, it would have read that Finn would have totally screwed with her that way, right? Like I don't think Finn knows how to play chess. That was my takeaway. Like I don't think he's like fair. Just, but then the yeah. next day when she when she she wakes up and she immediately pushes puts the knight in, in a position, right? Then when she comes back, the knight the other knight's there. That's the point where I'd have been like, who's screwing with me, right? One hundred percent. That is when I would have been like. With me? Something's like, going on, or yeah, right. who's you would expect, yeah. or like, in the like, thanks for playing chess with me last night. And the mom's like, What? And she's like, Gets yeah. out of the car and runs away, kind of shit. Yeah, me as a science, uh, I am totally against, yeah, not totally against the, the supernatural, but yeah. like, she mentions it and it's enough to mention. So, like, I definitely agree with you, Nick, that I would have liked some sort of back and forth with her brother or her mom. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Mm-hmm. Grandma and Poppy, I know you've been dead Spirit a long time, but my friend. Andy Cortez doesn't believe in ghosts. And so I need you to go just, just fucking haunt his room. Let's right? just if you can push <laughs> over. 
on him, that'd be great. All right. I'm not saying I don't believe in them. <laughs> like, as I got a voice message well, I'm, from I'm Greg. Sorry, I'm, sorry, on text. I'm sorry. Let me just. I'm sorry. I need to cover my bases. Also, Satan. Oh, I haven't right. talked to you in a while. Yeah, baby, love, but I thank you so much for the Nidhog wins and everything else you've blessed me with in this thank life. You for the blackberries. My friend, no, thank you for the blackberries. My friend Andy Cortez doesn't believe in you. <laughs> So I need you to go and just fucking haunt them. All right. Put his oh lights on the fritz, dip his, dip his TV over. You know what I mean? In the exchange, I'll give you Kevin's soul. Thank you. You're so. also no, just completely misunderstanding that I was I was talking from her perspective. I was saying like <laughs> me, a scientific uh, you know, learner who doesn't believe in the supernatural. Oh, sorry. See, I, these these prayers are already sent. So the good thing is either ghosts are real or the devil's real. So you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. You can't have one without the other. <laughs> and now sorry i had a voicemail to you what was this tim oh just a couple days ago greg sent me a text voice memo and it was like 53 seconds and i looked at it and a chill went through me where i was like oh no and it I, and now it's getting to me now mm-hmm. it's on me and i started listening it's just genuine fun work stuff. He was pitching me this cool idea. And I fucking swear to God, for 53 seconds, I was terrified that at any moment it was going to turn to a wheeze laugh. Like it was all the up and up. But I was like, at any moment, this can turn. It never did. It never did. You're lucky. Uh- I mean, yeah, I was gonna say I'm in a, what I like to call an exclusive relationship with Andy Cortez, all right? so don't worry about it. You're not, no one else has to worry about the voice memos, all right? Sorry, just, the one thing I, I can't believe, like you know, I you know, I've, I've for years been a big fan of the text, the email. You know what I mean? But having this kid, man, I just don't. I can't keep my thoughts long enough to actually text things. So it's constantly walking around, and I'll voice memo people, or I'm doing some other chore, and I'll voice memo in the middle of it. So I think you all for, uh, appreciate it, and I want to take some things back. Janina Gavankar. WWE superstar Xavier Woods, for years behind your backs, I've made fun of you for using voice memos. I was like, what the fuck are these kings and queens doing there? This is, I can finally understand why they're important. I appreciate you. Mm-hmm. Thank you and I apologize. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Nick, I don't say uh, anything back uh, to you. Okay, nothing. Everything's okay, good. She wakes up, the chess piece is moved, it's time to go to school, and you're like, wait, I thought this was summer. They said they were going to, remember, also there's this whole thing of they were going to be there like a couple weeks. Oh, I totally missed, sorry, Annie Potts showed up. Uh, Janine Melnitz showed up uh, when they first got to the house, right? And was and was like, oh, hey, uh, it's me, Janine Melnitz, and I helped I helped him take care of the bills. There's no money. She's like, oh, so you're telling us he left us with nothing? Oh, no, there's an obscene amount of debt or whatever she says. I thought that was a good joke. That's very funny. This is weird that Janine would be there. Just She's weird. a friend. Yeah, she's handling stuff. A little bit weird that, like, again, I, I kind of got that they might be hooking up where she was like, I was his, we, well, we were friends or whatever she says. I forget. She does a little bit of hemming and hawing real quick. Mm-hmm. Maybe she was hemming and hawing or like, I used to be his employee or whatever it was or whatever. But then it was that thing of what's weird about it is like, she paid the bills and did stuff. So, like, but you're here now. So, like, wait, did you, was this, did you, were you, is this an online relationship or were you in Oklahoma a lot or whatever? But well, well no, matter. my question is if she paid the bills and like had a knew what was going on and wink, wink, we used to sleep together, whatever it is, would he not have recruited her to help fight Gozer the Gozerian? Like, why does she not know anything about what's going on with what he was doing out there? Why would they she weren't not talking, be like, they were just banging. It was in and out with them. I mean, it's, I don't know. Like, I guess the subject here is like that Egon shut completely down and, and went, completely in words yeah, and no didn't, one believed him okay. yeah he got yeah. burned by that so he kept everyone at arm's length I, uh, uh, yet, he, yet he still had the wherewithal to be like yeah i should get an accountant though and have someone come help me with my my money management strategy here <laughs> oh i don't think she was helping him i think like she was the person that was the trustee of his will <laughs> so at least he set that up somehow right i don't She's even the one know that presumably, that far. 
She's the one that presumably contacted uh, Carrie Coon's character and like. Was, yeah, like, you, you think she found the dead body? It. I think she probably found it, but like I don't know. I got no joke for that. I was gonna. Be yeah, like, I, know. I was like, Nick yeah, yeah. has nowhere to go. <laughs> At this point, though, I was like, oh shit, we're gonna get Rick Moranis in here somewhere because he was supposed wish. to be back acting, right? I'm just gonna say well, he, that was after this. You know, what I mean? he 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 started that back up after they. Filmed. You're right. It's you're one right. of those things where people go and they assault. And also, Rick this Moranis movie was like fucking nothing. He does in nothing. the entire run up to this. This movie was not afraid to spoil every cameo. So. Sure. I, and they would have spoiled that too, because God, it would have been awesome if we didn't have it confirmed about the Ghostbusters or at least Sigourney Weaver. Seeing as how when the credits started, I was like, I never saw. Oh, she's gonna be the mix credits, isn't she? There she is. All right. And it was great. Loved it. But I was just like, I'm gonna, I'll wait that when we get to it. Uh Ginny shows up. There's no money. Just debt. Yada yada yada. Hold on. Okay. Uh, and then, uh, all right, this is going. That's going great. Uh, time to go to school. Um, we go to school. We drop Finn off before school at Spinners because he just got the job. He just runs in there. He's going to work there. You know what I mean? Uh, and then we take uh, Phoebe to school. And Oh, there was a joke thing we talked about earlier. We kind of already referenced that, right? And then the look at mom. Uh, get Phoebe to school, and we walk her in, and, you know, she's not thrilled to be going to this public school that's going to have a bunch of stupid people in it. But, you know, it's better than staying home with her mom and doing whatever her mom's doing. Is she what, uh, asbestos in the attic? Right? Asbestos, uh, mom drops her off on the walk-in, though. Paul Rudd walks in, too. They have an exchange. She kind of insults him about what kind of student. Uh, all right, what kind of teacher would teach here? He's like, I do actually. Oh, God. And they have a little flirty interaction. They're great. Well, they <laughs> he just teeth, calls right? a kid dumb. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah exactly. exactly. I really like that. Uh, hey, man, uh, teachers know. They talk. Yeah, they, they totally did. know. They did. 100%. Um, so then, yeah, it's into class where he's going to show them Cujo on a VHS in the on the TV, which I thought was a, a left turn. Like trailers and stuff, I was like, oh, Paul Rudd's going to be an involved teacher he's gonna be a good teacher and it's like oh no he's not he's just a dirtbag working summer school all right wanted to work on earthquakes in the back you know yeah exactly so he's back there working on his earthquake stuff um this is where again i i'm sorry i wish i could have seen this already the phoebe talks to podcast here or does phoebe go back there first phoebe I think talks phoebe goes, to podcast for a while yeah okay but yeah. It, it's not is this it isn't the same scene as child's play when she goes back there to talk to him can I combine them here? Does everyone let me yeah. go? Combine. She, combine she meets podcast. Podcast is always recording a podcast. Episode 46 is when it really comes together. Uh, they become uh, fast little friends there. At some point, she goes back into Paul Rudd's area, and uh, they turn out that you know she's actually smart. She's not one of these dumb troglodyte kids out here in Somerville. You know what I mean? Uh, she knows about uh, S waves and P waves, which Greg Miller does not know about, and earthquakes and this, that, and seismologists, and yada, yada. And Paul Rudd lays it out, which, again, we've all seen in the fucking trailer, right? <laughs> Uh, there, Somerville has no fault lines around it and no volcanoes around it. But guess what? There are earthquakes regularly. What the fuck's going on? They're this, they're that. Look at the thing, figure it out, kind of thing. Okay, that's cool. Um, back at Spinners, uh, Finn's fitting in. Uh, you know, everybody loves him there. He's counting burgers and he's really cold. And Lucky comes in and gives him her his sweatshirt, and then it's her boyfriend's sweatshirt, it, and he freaks out about it. Yeah, that was definitely set up. The counting burgers, like that was going to be someone in the store bullying him, right? Fucking with him. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I was like, this. Yeah. Because yeah, that, that like felt <laughs> super flat. Yeah. And also, does she have a boyfriend or not? Yeah. What's up? No, nah, she didn't have a she's boyfriend. She was, him, she, she was fucking with him. She got him good. She's taking a, lot, a page out of MJ's playbook from Spider Man, another fine Sony, Sony property. Great uh, reaction by Finn, though, in that moment. Yeah, here's my hoodie. It's my boyfriend's. Off? Okay. Like, <laughs> this is a good reaction. It's really manly. It's got a dragon on or whatever she says. Um, and she's like, you know what? Uh, you know, we're all going up to the top of the mine if you want, if you want to come. He's like, yeah. And so they run out. And I'm just putting this here. They run out. They get into the truck. They drive up there. You're thinking they're going to do something bad to him. They're so not. Fun. They're just a bunch of cool kids. You know yeah. what I mean? Again, in the 80s, these kids would have pantsed him 
they would have smeared some kind of fucking Bernie thing on his cock. This happened in Lucas. Go watch it. I'm not. <laughs> Holy <laughs> if shit. I'm lying, I'm dying. Remember when they put that fucking he's, hot? They molested Lucas wrong. in the fucking room he's in Sean Glen Illinois, everybody. It's molested just, I just him. Wish, puts, I just wish you didn't say cock. What, <laughs> I wish I never heard you say the word cock. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know what movie you're talking about, but Lucas. It's a movie with Corey <laughs> Corey Haim, Charlie Sheen. Do some fucking research for this show, Kevin. Fuck, Kevin. You're right. I should have done more Craig, obscure. Did I go, Lucas! <laughs> Everybody, your homework is to go watch oh, Lucas, God. all right? Shot in Glen Ellen, Illinois, my hometown. Do not Google not. Lucas Cock. It does not bring up the movie. <laughs> Uh, oh my oh, god yeah. put big somewhere in there, anyways they're up on the top of the mountain everybody's being super Wait, chill super nice is is lucas about like a 10 year old wanting to yeah. play football mm-hmm. with like adults yes. yep <laughs> <laughs> i mean it's about a skinny freshman i think trying to play football at you know at glen ellen glenbard westy that's you know where my dad's mm-hmm. alma mater was, course, glenbard yeah. west you know what i mean of course Anyways, uh, they go to the Glen. That's a movie theater there. It was run down for a long time. Now the Glen's cool. Like, from what I hear, I haven't been to Glen years. Anyways, uh, they're up on the top of the thing. Everybody's cool. Uh, they're like, you know what? Well, we're stupid teenagers. We're invincible. Let's have a conversation one-on-one in this little thing hanging over a mine shaft. They're like, that's a great idea. Really cool. And so they're, they're there, and this is where Lucky's like, you know, our town sucks. He's, well, he actually, he's like, your town kind of sucks. She's like, no, my town kind of sucks. Why aren't you fucking leaving here? I'm fourth generation. What does she call it? Junk. Gener- junk, yeah. Yeah. For- Fourth generation, like, ha, ha, they're they're kicking it off, and there's like a howl. And it's from beneath. They're like, "What are they doing?" They hop off. Yeah, Kev. I thought it was gonna be revealed eventually that she was part of the e- Ivan's family. Yeah, Evo. So Evo I thought, Shandler. yeah, yeah, but like, I don't, I don't think they got any Some, of that. That would have been cool, actually. Yeah, that's, I that think that would be really cool. cool. Yeah. yeah, if someone in nice. the town was trying to stop them, that could have been an added little bit of tension for the story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, that, that I like that a lot. Actually, that's really cool. Um, Kevin, was, that, that doesn't right. Kevin, yeah. Can we get a Kevin and uh, Anne credit on this? An Anne credit on the writing thing? You know what I mean? The ampersand. Who's Anne? Thank you. <laughs> uh, they jump off. There's more howling and hooting from the hole or whatever. And then, like, uh, something shoots up past them. And, like, oh, and then the kids all just laugh. They all just laugh. Oh, man, that it's was a scary funny. thing. And then, like, literally one of the g- things down there goes, go, sir. <laughs> like, ha, this is fun. We're, we have hormones. That's, that's one thing I didn't love is Finn down. going, yeah, there was something other that said the word gozer. Like, no, you didn't hear you that. You didn't hear that. You heard a growl. Yeah. Yeah. You could have left it. At, it said something. But nailing yeah. gozer was a bit too they much. Were, could you, they, could you they, imagine if I heard that word? And I was like, I go back a week later. I'm like, Tim, the craziest thing happened to me. It said poser. It called me a poser. <laughs> <laughs> Kevin, you want to go back up to the top and pee in this hole? They were definitely hopped up doing whippets that they stole from the diner. Oh, right? Anthony Carboni style. Oh yeah. Oh Lord. <laughs> uh anyways, that's I I put put a bunch of shit in there that didn't happen in that order, but you all understand. I can't wait to see this movie again and buy it on Blu-ray slash DVD. Uh then so that's that's what's happening there. Also, while we're here, we'll just toss it in. Remember, as we've already called it out, Trevor is bored. There's only one bar in town, not the right kind of bar, you know what I mean? And uh he's so walking funny. around, he found the Ecto One, and so he's working on the Ecto One, he's trying to get the Ecto One up and running. Eventually he does it and he turns the key and he gets it gone. Like Egon comes in and like a little spirit fixes fixes a little piece of the car andy you're a big car guy what does he fix there oh the the cauldronator cauldronator gets fixed yeah. a wire and out the, the one roars <laughs> life and he drives it through the cornfield and he's fucking shit up and he's like oh yeah 
hooting and hollering. Uh, while that's happening, again, I'm combining. I love you guys. Uh, podcast and Phoebe are fast friends. Uh, you know, uh, he walk. He takes Phoebe over to uh, uh, the mine that you know uh, Finn will be at as well. Uh, they go deep into it. They find the Gozer. Uh, you know, whole thing about Evo Shandor over there. All the not hieroglyphics, but pretty much you know that. I mean, like this wall. It's got some cracks in. It's got the terror dog. It's got uh, Gozer on it. Like, oh shit, this is a real fucking thing. Seems like this would have been easy to convince the Ghostbusters with any or anyone with prior knowledge about Gozer. Wait, I'm sorry. Is this inside the cave or is this outside the cave where the like the? It's I think it's like the like entrance. Like this new- is the entrance to it that'll eventually break yeah. and then. Okay, give them yeah. So this, the like the big drawing thing that eventually. Yeah, yeah. We're yeah, behind out. the sheet thing they have. Got it. Got it. Okay. Because yeah, I, yeah, I right. went to the bathroom, which I never like doing, but I really had to pee. I hear you, brother. Uh, I understand. Yeah. So there's a little bit that I missed. No, it's okay. Do you want me to recap anything else? Were you here for when I said cock? <laughs> they ru- they fucking put this hot shit on his penis. Like, that is so fucked up in this movie, Lucas. You know what I mean? Mm. And the girl from Goonies in it. The redhead from Goonies in it. Lucas. it, did. And, it had, and it had Courtney Thorne Smith, which I didn't. I yeah, it did, didn't it? It looks like it has Jeremy Piven, Courtney, Courtney Thorne Smith, and Carrie Green is the, one, the actress. I'm glad you're doing the important work right can now. We get, yeah. Can we do Lucas in review? <laughs> I mean, if, if Tim wasn't... I'll say it, a coward. We yeah, would do I know. all I know. of Corey Haim in review. There we go. The Corey's in review. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Anyways, so that happens. Uh, then also, like after that podcast, uh, Phoebe date, she goes home, and this is where uh, the board's been moved again. She moves her piece. Now the piece moves in front of her, and then it flies off the thing. PKE meter lights up. She starts following the PKE meter around the house that night. Uh, mom's passed out drinking wine. Uh, she gets down there. That she finds shit. a little puzzle to get the trap out. She now has a ghost trap. Uh, she takes the ghost trap to school the next day. Uh, this is where Paul Rudd's like cool replica. Again, we've seen all this. Uh, what do you mean replica? You know, like replica of the ghost trap. And then there's a little bit of ghost smoke that comes out. He's like, holy shit, is this real? They don't know what the ghosts are. He's or ghostbusters are. He lays it out for them again. New York in the 80s. Does he, is, does he use the walking deadline in this or is that just in the trailer? I, I think right here. Yeah, he's at he's here. I can't remember anymore. Yeah, it's all it's all run together on me. Sorry. They go uh, in the back, right? And he shows them some stuff about it or whatever. And this is what the Ghostbusters are. And this is what the ghost is. Um, and is it that same day they let the ghost out of the trap? I can't remember. Yes. Yes. Because okay. then they, they immediately go outside. Yeah. And he um, uses jumper cables, puts it on his car. Power. Yeah. Uh, and then this is, this is a, I thought, a fun conversation. Not his but, car. Know. He puts it on the uh, the school bus. No, no, he puts it on his car. The co- that's what blows oh, out his windshield, I'm sorry. remember? Yeah, yeah, but he connects it to the battery. Connects it to the school bus that podcast yeah. is running. Yeah, and he, we, I, I like the conversation here. It's goofy, but like, this is, you know, math safe, geometry safe, science is all crazy, and anything can happen kind of shit. Podcast says something that was funny too. Uh, they jump start it. They you know, hit the button. They open the trap. A terror dog ghost comes out, rips through there, okay. blows out his windshield, blows out all the uh, school bus windows. And shoots off back to the mine. Uh, a bad sign, right? Um, Paul Rudd gives them a ride home. And I, I, I didn't piece it together, obviously, that it was his car. But he's just driving. He picks the piece no of road glass on and oh throws it. Really Pod- <laughs> the way podcast was sitting there, the little podcast actor, like this kid. He's going places. Logan, I yeah, dude, a thousand percent. Yeah. He was he was very funny, like just visually, like just the way like he, he would emote and stuff mm-hmm. was really good. And like him just sitting there kind of leaning out of the open window like a, like a weird dog, I thought was very funny. He yeah, had, he had yeah. a very cute pixar nature to him totally is anybody's so, discord like do you never mind i'm having like no there you hear things well it just is this clear like, can you hear can you hear me cock 
I knew it. I fucking knew it. I goddamn knew it. He got you, Randy. He got you. Got me. Yeah, Son of a bitch. I felt it. I Son of a bitch I still got it. it. He still got it. Anyways, uh, so he, Paul Rudd drives him home. Uh, this is where he meets, uh, well, I guess re-meets uh, Carrie Coon's character. Uh, they kind of hit it off. And, you know, uh, this is where the Aztec death whistle is to scare off ghosts. I thought that was cute. I like that. It was a really scary sound for it, too. Um, they start, you know, going around the dirt farmer's house again i sh- at some point uh carrie coon's character had already gone to the hardware store too yeah she went to get paid <laughs> oh, so everybody right? calls him the dirt farmer here he's like well yeah he didn't grow anything right like he just fucking up there always working on his dirt what do you got for me um i hate that that uh carrie coon's character is just constantly giving shit away it's like look at this ancient right? looking scroll I with a map of thing. the city can i have it yeah sure fucking take thousands it. of years this is in Sumerian. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Has, has the movie driven at home that she hates her father? Yeah, for real. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. We get it. Okay. Yeah. I'm glad you got it. Um. So that's done. That's cool. Whatever. Um. While we're here, again, I'm sorry this is so jumbled and out of order. There's just a lot of cool things that happened for me in a weird way in a fast movie that I was watching. Eventually, the PKE meter leads Phoebe down the fire pole into the uh, Egon Sanctum here, right? This is where she, of course, finds the jumpsuits, the Cispangler. This is where she sees the spores, molds, and fungus that he continues to collect. And this is where we get a proton pack that she disassembles and immediately knows what's wrong with it. But the light Egon's operating is able to push her around to get her to fix it and move things around. Uh, Really exciting news, everybody, as you know. Hasbro Pulse has that Egon Spangler proton pack. And when they showed it, they showed popping off the thing to get inside the center of it and i was like it's the first time you can take apart a proton pack i'm like why would you then this movie like oh i see i see why we're doing this i'm very excited can't Modular. wait for spring Modular. 2023 long time to wait for a proton pack if you ask me but i already have one so i'm okay greg when they took apart that proton pack how how, how rock hard did your it's pretty fucking cool. I can't say it. I can't <laughs> you say it. Cool. even say it. Don't. Yeah, yeah. You I'm, don't need I'm really to. happy <laughs> you didn't say it about this like 10 year old girl taking apart a proton pack yeah, thank you. I yeah. mean, it could be anybody yeah. taking a part of it. You could be, but it wasn't. Her. It was Kevin, like a twelve-year-old girl. Let's just Kevin, remember that. What, then no, let's that just dial it back. Let's just that. dial it back. I Kevin, just thought how, how much did Greg like? When I get my new proton pack, I want you to make a video of you in one of your white tank tops, sweaty yes. as fuck, taking yeah. it apart, working on it. You Put send it to me and Nick, and then Nick, I'll give you a countdown to when it happens. Okay, perfect. Put a little gravy oh, on that. Uh, yeah, I thought the the line where she's. Like taking it apart and immediately looks in it and it's like, oh, it's missing a capacitor. It's like, no, it's not. Shut the fuck up. You don't know what that is. Like, the fuck she does that. Yeah. That yeah. is one of those. That it's is one of those. She wouldn't. So much, she wouldn't. man. These movies is- never really explain what all the tech does. And I think that's cool in some ways. In the first movie, it kind of works just because it's like, yo, there's this shit. And you, you context clues, you either get it or you don't. But now that we're four movies in and like the fact that this little girl is just looking at this and understands what it is and how to use it and how to fix no it and stuff. I'm like, why? Like it just weakens the entire universe it, it does give you that Especially, moment where you're like you're like i get that she's smart but some people it would still take you years and years and years of study to understand how this stuff works like the fact that you can understand it versus the experience it takes to actually be able to like fix it is kind of different great like, moment you, though of uh wow how'd you do all this power like the you know on your own how'd and you make you a, a cycle yeah cyclone or whatever a cyclometrop or whatever yeah so what's small. the fucking thing tony stark made the Whatever, the arc reactor, whatever the fuck. How'd you make it so small? And he, yeah, the light shines all his degrees on the wall. 
Yeah, That's really good body. You get it. You're real smart. <laughs> oh, you're a genius. Anyways, uh, fun stuff. We're on the Proton Pack. Hooray. Um, this then jumps us pretty much straight over to uh, her and podcast uh, going uh, uh, to try the out the Proton Pack. Yeah, yeah, they have the Proton Pack. They have the Ecto goggles. Uh, they do, to Nick's point, too, of like footage that hasn't been used, right? Like I remember in one of the things, maybe the international trailer, them turning on the Proton Pack and using it for the first time and it coming out all limp and barely going like two feet the stream or whatever uh but this time it works great blasts all the bottles uh, he, she's like did i hit him he's like you destroyed him you, ev- you evaporated him um then immediately they hear sounds right because of course we already talked about it the fact that you know uh the mine was to get this special metal which is the metal they use in dana barrett's apartment building to bring about gozer um the 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 smelting plant is still there they hear noises coming from it they go to investigate it it's one muncher uh voiced by john josh gad uh it's up there eating metal uh they're like this is a great chance to test out the proton pack they shoot it they get it uh they have it contained for a little bit uh then you know podcast tries to roll out the trap but it just falls to the side and muncher is able to pull off and run great moment that's a good comedic moment yeah while this is happening uh paul rudd and carrie coon are on a date like a weird lunch date where they are drinking and having chinese food but whatever they're off doing this kind of thing and that's happening over there this is where we get a bit of exposition about uh you know uh that you know uh their the the kids fathers the kids father was fine with everything with trevor but because phoebe's a little bit more like egon and like you know a little bit different uh he wasn't about that so he bailed because he's a piece of shit uh and then you know maybe we talk a little bit about how she hates egon some more just to really drive home to let you know that Mm -hmm. she hates her father um while that's happening uh finn has been racing around the ecto one uh you know now uh he races onto the road where he finds uh podcast and phoebe uh proton pack and ghost trap hey what's up with you we need a ride into town or actually they need a ride they get in the car in the car the police scanner picks up the fact that hey you know this guy's reporting that some kind of animal fucking ate his uh, sign or some shit like that they're like cool you know you don't have a license and you failed twice on your driver's test drive us on into somerville let's go see what we can look for and stuff and this is where they drive around they eventually see you know start seeing some paranormal activity that muncher's munched on a sign here he's eating, eating thing over there finally they see him on munching on the hydrant uh they race over start chasing him the wa- hydrant sprays water hits the ghostbuster symbol washes off all the dirt i fucking got chills in that moment i was like that's fucking cool yeah um, that, was, that was a neat one the way that racing ar- one drives around is so cool the yeah. the way they they every turn that it takes it fucking drifts every it's single always time. drifting <laughs> and it, but it looks cool and it plays yeah. really well with all the dirt and stuff also uh the changes that they made to it incredible like gunner the seat? Sh- yeah the gunner seat 10 out of 10 this little vr rc car that like the kid just was like all right this has endless power who knows but it's really really good really yeah. loved it and so wait, so, wait, wait, hold on. I have a question about that. So, the car was not made by podcast that came with the Ecto One. Yeah, yeah, that was already in there. That was when yeah. he got in there. Oh, it was in there. Yeah. Okay. Because yeah, yeah. when we I, see the little when we see the little ramp the go track. down, I was like, how convenient that they have this little tiny ramp for this RC car that podcast <laughs> well, made. <laughs> I was like, I don't is, believe that for at, a second. At what point did they put the gunner seat in? The had to have been before he brought it to Somerville, right? I mean, that, this is post Gozer. Post Gozer, they put the gunner seat in there, right? Yeah, and I'm it's also curious. when they made the RC thing and they put the yeah. little trap door in there and shit. A fast little fucker. Yeah, real fast. Oh, yeah. Super of fast. the car with RC in front of him, like that's dope as fuck. Yeah, yeah, exactly. There was a lot of shit of like again for the kind of movie it is. They're just like, I'm gonna suspend all disbelief on that. Yeah. RC like, cars really cool can scene. go really fucking fast. 
There's a moment like 60 after, miles um, an hour. Fast. There's a moment go. when they go over the bridge. Yeah, when they both stop <laughs> together. I was like, that's pretty Yeah, cool. that was really, that's really cool. cool. Yeah, yeah. Anyways, they race around Somerville, and Phoebe's hanging out in the uh, gunner seat, and she's blasting, and she's uh, – she's, <laughs> I start blasting. Uh, she's firing off, and she burns the spinner sign. She burns a bunch of stuff. Probably would have killed a whole bunch of people. Uh, yeah. She almost dies a couple of times too. Um, but uh, eventually, you know, they, yeah, they chase uh, uh, Muncher, who's desperately trying to get back to uh, the plant or the mine or all that jazz they you know chase 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 and stop him just short of the bridge with the rc car with the gunner c with the thing boom they got him they trapped him they've trapped their first ghost they've stopped muncher uh they turn around to drive home get stopped by the police uh we then go to the police station where in the cell we start catching up with everything right where trevor puts together when they're talking about gozer like wait a second i you know i heard gozer in the fucking thing when we were doing this thing uh lucky's there too but it's because her dad's the sheriff uh finally paul rudd and uh carrie coon show up spring these guys from the big house um however they're not going to get to take home the ecto they're not going to get home to take uh, get to take home the proton pack and trapper and all that stuff that's staying there uh, this is when uh phoebe almost kills them oh i skipped a big point but we've talked about it already of course that with her one phone call phoebe uses it to call uh race dance on the ghostbusters number because of course in her room she had been watching old ghostbusters footage on youtube and went and watched the trailer the um commercial she calls Ray again. I feel like we've, this is one of the parts we've covered already really well. Calls him at the occult bookshop. Lay, you know, doesn't until the very end lay out that she's Egon Spangler's granddaughter, but asks what's happening. You know, he lays out the fact that, yeah, you know, he, he kept getting crazier and crazier. And then he, one day we woke up and he took all the equipment. He took the Ecto-1 and he ran off. And like, you know, Ghost, you know, Vankman thought we had done our job too well. Uh, you know, Ghost calls were down to once a month kind of thing. Uh, the firehouse is a Starbucks now. Uh, all this other shit. You know what I mean? Everybody's gone their own way. Uh, you know, Pete Vankman is a director of advertising and marketing at some college. Uh, Winston is a yeah a big 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 successful businessman. Uh, Ray still has the occult bookshop, and that's just how the cards have fallen. She's I guess it wasn't a Starbucks anymore. Yeah, I was gonna say, was it a Starbucks? Because yeah. we see it. Yeah, at the end. I, yeah, it's it not. wasn't, but I used him too. I mean, maybe just a throwaway line from him, but like maybe Ray's trying to be funny. Maybe it's something you know altogether that you know, whatever. But yeah, it's what it is. Um, and then yeah, she gets hung up on by the sheriff, uh, Lucky's dad. Um, again, I, I appreciated the start of this conversation. Of I didn't expect it to be he can go, he can burn in hell, he can go to hell or whatever it was. Uh, but yeah, it is straight up exposition, which again I dug, but could have been delivered a bunch of different ways in a better sense. But gets the job done for what's going on. They get out, they go home. Um, uh, the plan is afoot at this point, right? So they know what's going on. Uh, the uh, Paul Rudd and uh, 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 her won't have won't. Oh no, it's not even that, right? Uh, she won't hear of it. She put Paul Rudd leaves with his uh, shrimp that has been unrefrigerated for hours. He <laughs> goes to Walmart. This is where at Walmart again we've already talked about this. Terror Dog shows up, eats dog food. Uh, the, the mini puffs show up, which again so good. Why, it makes no th- sense. Yeah, they make no sense, but they're cute and they're stupid. And like, like this is another one of like. Not only is it like, okay, I don't get why they'd be here. Like, we just hang on them for so long as they burn it's themselves. So they long. make themselves into s'mores. And- but it's so funny and cute. I don't know. I liked it. It just like, went. I, I'm totally agree with you, Greg. Like, I don't. I'm with both Kevin and Greg where I don't mind their existence. But that they just kept on. It's yeah. like this. It's, it's like they had every sort of sequence uh, animated, and we're like, just show all of them. We mm-hmm. animated a it's bunch of different right. things. Yeah, yeah. They're either just, cooking, they're getting stabbed by the toothpick, they're getting stabbed by that. It just kept on going. I was like, what is going on here? Yeah, this, this I just wanted to know why. Yeah. Why? 
this, this like, Ghostbusters yeah, movie. I want an answer that's puff. not just like, oh, that you got to have Stay Puff. It's like, if you've got to have Stay Puff, like, explain why little guys are coming back here. Like, there's just, it, it lacked even a cause. Right. It doesn't service the plot yeah, or character I mean, development it, at all. So it doesn't necessarily need to be in there. But this part, this is where this went. This is one of those moments where it dipped into slapstick. For a second, I was like, oh, they're going to be terrifying, right? It bites him. And then I thought, oh, shit, they're going to start chasing after him. But they couldn't care less that Paul Rudd was there, so they're not really a threat to his character, which to me, I was like, well, this is going – now Now I'm aware that this scene's going on a little too long. I do uh, want to point they, out they that I'm really happy that the ghosts follow traffic laws. They would, like – if they're on a road, they're going to take a left on that road. They're not going to go through just, like, the, the void. They're no, going to go – There's parts where they go through the restaurants and stuff, though. There was that moment yeah, where they, they like, go through that. Fuck you, restaurant. Andy. Just let me just it. let the joke be there, Nick. Jesus. <laughs> oh, sorry, I didn't realize that was a joke. Right? <laughs> Andy, do it again. Do it again. There was just a couple of sequences where, like, there you see the crossroads, and it would go, and it would like make sure it stayed on the road. And I was like, that's a weird thing that a ghost would do. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Anyways, uh, so Paul Rudd, then yeah, gets uh, you know, I, I like the terror dog sitting on Paul Rudd's car, and I forget the smash, the completely gone windshield. I appreciate it too, and I, I also for Paul Rudd being such a literally a goober in this fucking movie. I liked his keys on his belt, <laughs> like you were talking about Mocha Chip or Mocha Java, whatever Mocha the fuck. Joe, Mocha. Yeah. yeah. Anyways, <laughs> uh, wait, real quick, uh, that's what it was. Jamoka Almond. That's what it was. Yeah, Jamoka. which is my favorite. Uh, Jamoka Almond Fudge. So good. Yeah, Baskin Robbins flavor. Oh, uh, yeah. The the keys not making any noise for whatever reason, really upset me. Like, when sure. he was walking, the keys are swinging, and we're hearing ambient noise, we're hearing him mumble, but the keys are silent, and it makes me uncomfortable. That's odd. I think I speak for the rest of the group when I say, your keys not being silent has the same effect on us. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what you mean. <laughs> what, do you, what do you mean? The kids really own it at this point, even though they the don't know their stuff. The keys make a lot of understand. noise? This is the first I'm fucking hearing about this. <laughs> they, they understand. They understand. Just, that wait, hold on, Andy. Is this a thing? My keys make noise? You guys talk about this? Kevin, I've never, once, I've, never once made, I've never once made a comment about your keys. When I pull them out, you're talking about when I pull them out, I got fucking 30 keys on there. <laughs> you think it'd be quieter? <laughs> Greg, you, you hearing this? My keys make noise? Or is this a random thing? Greg has a child to go back to. He doesn't sound like Robin Hood. Who do, oh, you do look like Robin Hood. Uh, the kids realize they're the only hope, so they go back to Spinners, and they have the, the layout of the map with the concentric circles, and they're like, this is what's happening. It's up at the mine. I've been up at the mine. Okay, let's go back to the mine. They go up to the mine. Uh, this is where they find uh, that uh, Egon had set up the proton packs. The, the uh, earthquakes are the proton packs going off to zap whatever is down in the hole. Uh, what the, you know, gozers, the, you know, the terror dogs, all the things from coming up is a, a you know, ghost defense system. They're stopping them. They realize that this is where they see Igor, Evo Shandor's body, right? In the moment where it almost rises out, Evo Shandor's body uh, uh, reactivates for a hot second. But and in that moment, time. I'm like, this motherfucker looks so familiar. Yeah, 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 exactly. J.K. Yeah. Simmons, motherfucker. Uh, it zaps them down. Uh, while this is happening back at the homestead, uh, uh, once again, the well, not once again, the PKE meter is going off. Uh, this time, uh, Carrie picks it up. Uh, she uses it to go around, eventually go down into her dad's workshop. Again, now she should, I would think, be a little bit more freaked out of like, she's an adult and all this shit's happening. She doesn't have a childlike wonder. She doesn't. Uh, it goes down there. She goes down there. This is where... The light reveals, of course, that it is her father and that he has been watching her her entire life. He did care. It's not that he didn't care. He just do felt it that he for her. Talk to, exactly. Did he do say it. something? Why didn't he say something? I feel like, like some of it's like super life. like there's post-its all over it. And they're like, 
her dorm room has the it's another ghostbusters one reference of like serious metal fatigue and all the load bearing like what the fuck why are you in my i would be like what the fuck are you doing in my dorm room dad you know what i mean not talking well i mean it, it must have been that the mom was sending him photos right I imagine yes. so, right? Because it was and like a just, photo that looking... someone had taken of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They weren't yeah. like weird, like spy shots. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, maybe, I don't know. I feel like the mom character, like more information about her was might have been needed. Maybe I agree. Maybe there'll be more deleted scenes about that. Uh, anyways, though, in the midst of all this, the mist comes back, right? She gets possessed. We don't see it, but she gets possessed. She'll be, you know, uh, another uh, Zool here. An old Zooly, you nutball. Um, th- even though I think it's... I, I thought I caught that they reversed roles this time where that, he called her the gate... He called her the key master and she called him the gatekeeper, but I could be totally... From the way that, that uh, he was acting, like, it felt like that's what they were doing, which I thought was really cool. But that yeah. being said, she did put on the dress. yeah, yeah. Yeah, Maybe it's just so part of the ceremony. You know, I don't know. Yeah, I it guess. doesn't matter either way. I like Anyways, that, like for no reason now there's lore to that dress. Yeah, like, exactly. Comes, I that yeah. Too. Yeah, 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 exactly. I never watched the Dana Barrett thing. I was like, where'd that dress come from? I assumed in her house of outfits, she's put on her craziest, weirdest, sexiest That's dress. That's what I thought too. When she, I, I'm kind of, um, I immediately think of Nick saying that like nobody reacts the way they should in this movie when they all arrive to see mom being possessed in the chair. Yeah. yeah. Her eyes are fucking different color and she speaks in a devilish fucking so mutant tone. Yeah. Yeah. And they're like, what's going on? <laughs> and it's like, come on, we need a little more there. They're just like, what's going Andy, on? Andy, it's a new generation, man. These kids aren't scared of anything. I guess you go in there, devil's voice. But a uh, serious question, though. Are my keys really loud? Like, this oh is my a, God. But she like is the possessed or? mother. There is no mom, only Zool, I guess, right there. Is scared of the e- e- shocker on the uh, PKE meter, which uh, she sees, freaks out, runs out of the house, uh, bursts through the window hilariously, and then runs out of the house. Uh, this is where the kids are like, it's up to us. And they all go down, and they, we get the suit-up scene, and they're all putting on the fucking Ghostbusters outfits, and they're putting on the fucking elbow pads. And I'm like, yes, this is fucking great. Uh, Trevor tries to sneak a look at Lucky. She's like, what? And I'm like, yeah, empowerment. <laughs> this is what this is how kids are nowadays. They're showing bras and dicks all over the place. Nobody, I'm sorry. They're showing bras and cocks all oh, over the place. God, Nobody fuck, fucking cares. You, you know shouldn't I mean? say <laughs> kids and that word in the same sentence. Hey, man, this is what the movie put into my head. All right. No, <laughs> I can't. No. This is Jason Reitman's doing, Kevin. Um, So they're all suited up, and that's great. And they know they got to go fight Ghoster, and they've already got a plan involved. Uh, While that's happening, uh, uh, Paul Rudd and Carrie fuck, and they uh, become uh, they they do their thing. And then the kids race up to there, and they park the Ecto One very stealthily behind a big rock. And then Phoebe and the podcast go and sit behind another big rock. And then uh, you know Paul Rudd and Carrie show up. They do the same uh, praise the sun thing, turn into terror dogs. Uh, The one and only Gozer the Gozerian shows up. She comes out uh, again. Olivia Wilde pets the dogs all cool, then lounges in her chair. And then, oh, and the, you know, I believe his magic lights keep shooting out. This is where the minor ghost is in town now. This is where the old eyeball ghost toy used to have from the real Ghostbusters is out there doing his shit. I did uh, appreciate the, the animatronics on uh, the dogs. Yeah. Like, like obviously they're animated in the sequence sure. they chase. Uh, but I did appreciate seeing like the actual physical animatronic. Mm-hmm. So uh, Phoebe walks out there to distract Gozer, uh, comes out and tells a bunch of bad jokes. Gozer stares at it. I forget what Gozer eventually says. Gozer says eventually something to her. Are you ready to uh, die? Are you? And this is when podcast has been futzing around with the RC car trap and eventually gets in under with the terror dog, sets it off, sucks it out, uh, frees the mom. Yeah, uh, Nick? I didn't like this beat. 
I didn't like any of this, where she's like, I'll tell you a joke. And I was like, okay, I, I know that we that. set this up. But then he's, she's like, are you ready to die? And then the best they could come up with for Phoebe to say was, no, I'm 12. Yeah. I'm like, mm. really? This is like, she's squaring off. This is the protagonist of this movie squaring off against the big baddie. And like, this scene kind of fell flat for me, unfortunately. Mm. Well, it's over quick enough because they suck out. The mom's there. They, uh, Gozer's like, ow, that's part of me. That hurts. And like, ew. And then uh, they all run and they get in the Ecto-1. They tear out of there in the Ecto-1. Uh, this is where the mom is like, oh, this is, and I talked to your grandfather and he wasn't crazy. He didn't been and like, we know, mom, don't worry about it. And Phoebe pulls out the gunner seat and goes out and it's fucking cool. And mom's like, well, my kids are cool. And Phoebe shoots some stuff. Uh, they drive back to the uh, fire or the firehouse, the farmhouse. Uh, again, uh, I kind of skipped over when they were downstairs. There was a great joke that I, I blew past or whatever. Like uh, this. Mo- oh, it's a model of the whole town. It's like, yeah, this was his life's work. And they're like, well, it is a detailed model. <laughs> like, no, no, no. The fact that this is a trap. This whole thing is a trap. He, this is a setup to. There's a setup to stop Gozer once and for all uh, to actually trap Gozer, not just send her back to her dimension. Man, they uh, sure got lucky, like in the whole getaway, to not to make sure that the RC car was always on right track. <laughs> like I would have supremely fucked that up. Like, oh, we're out of dude. It's still way back there. We got to go back and get back in the range. But like, no, they were right. But this fucking podcast kid, he's right on it. He knows yeah, how I to mean, drive an RC car. But it's car. also he was he had the VR thing right because he had those goggles on. <laughs> Did he? I thought those were just ecto goggles. I, I I was. I mean, again, nah, I'm not gonna pick. Upgrade. I, think I ain't gonna split hairs, but it was. Oh, he got an upgrade of the Polaroid in it. Trust me, I'm ready that to put. Really I'm gonna, cool. I'll be spending 150 fucking dollars whenever somebody <laughs> puts that shit out for me to own. Uh, but anyways, yeah, there was some. Uh, you know, whatever, whatever. However, he saw it, he saw it, and he was able to keep the car going and have a great time and driving insanely fast and not get run over. Uh, however. They pull back up to the house. Uh, they're ready to set the trap, to do all the things. They had fixed the capacitors ahead of time this time. They knew what was up. They knew the rings were a trap, yada, yada, yada. So they get out there. Uh, Phoebe, you know, uh, Terror Dog, or no, Gozer shows up, half all fucked up. Um, you know, holds up the ghost trap just like Egon did. Then tells mom, right, to hit the thing. Mom hits the thing, but it fritzes out once again. Um, they, you know, Gozer thinks he's got the upper hand, or she's got the upper hand. Uh, gets the trap back, right? Gets the terror dog back out. The terror dog then possesses Lucky. Uh, then it's like, cool, Gozer's back to full power. Uh, Phoebe blasts with the pro- the pro- Neutron Wand, the, the proton pack, uh, gets a good hook on Gozer. Uh, then uh, they the CG want Finn- on Gozer was cool in this, the half form. I really like the way yeah, that yeah. Uh, Finn's ready to go with the gunner seat and get that, but the mini puffs have appeared. Because they're part of this too. How many elements going, going on here? Yeah, like Lucky getting pulled into being a terror dog and stuff. It's like, what is happening? Why is there so much stuff? And like, why did the thing fritz out and not work? It's like there's just a lot. Because uh, it, it was not like it didn't work, right? Like he never got it to work 100. percent It seems like. Yeah, and I guess um, the kids, we saw did, that twice in this thing. movie. <laughs> uh so then yeah podcast is trying to stop the mini puffs but he's struggling or whatever to do that it seems like we're on our uh last legs here i think eventually yeah gozer yanks uh the proton stream itself throwing phoebe down the stream's broken it looks like all is lost and then hey flat top camera just turns three feet to the front of the ecto one and it's the three original ghost surviving ghostbusters uh of course dr raymond stance dr pete bankman and dr winston zettimore 
Uh, they have some one-liners. Again, I was really hoping. I'm glad that you know Ray addressed it, Nick. But I was hoping for another Gozer the Gozerian. Good evening. Good evening. <laughs> but instead, we got Gozer the Gozerian. You know, on, the, on behalf of the state of Oklahoma and whatever county and yada yada yada, Somerville. We're ordering you to see Saul Supernatural, uh, whatever he says this time around. Uh, and then it, there's a whole bunch. In, like this is another one of like. I, don't get me wrong. I obviously love it and I'm grinning ear to ear and I'm so happy to see it. But again, like again, ham fisted and then just weird tonally where it's like, I understand that we set up here that the kids aren't super afraid of ghosts or gozer or really whatever's going on, but they still had enough fear and action in them. The ghostbusters to walk up and just talk shit to gozer, yeah. knowing that they fought gozer before knowing yeah. how what's on the line. I thought they don't even, they don't even have their, their wands pulled. <laughs> They're just like, Hey, bitch! <laughs> you remember us? Ghoster's like, Whoa. I don't really. I I'm like, not saying anything. I feel like there, the easy thing is like they. The solution they was so tried. easy. They literally yeah. just crossed the stream. Cross the stream. And I feel like in this one, I don't know if ghosts are stronger or what, but like when they cross the streams, it clearly is not enough. Well, remember, literally- I mean that that I get because. Uh, remember they they blew the door back last time they they didn't shoot gozer they shot the dimensional portal she was using to be in our dimension so for me i mean I mean, whatever it's all fucking made of science that they weren't shooting gozer right like i guess for this to have worked you would have had, had at the mine cross the streams and blown that doorway backwards or whatever i feel like she knew here to open. she knew here that she could rip apart the streams uh, she uncrossed them the as they it, it literally like cross the streams oh no she's uncrossing the streams. <laughs> it was the, unfortunate the joke with are you a god i was like oh i wanted that to hit so hard but it i didn't know yeah hit. yeah, yeah. yes yeah, we're wanted, all gods down here i was like yeah, right. i just wanted her to say are you a god and it cut it back and have him be like yes yes i am a, like you know what i mean like have that moment of like oh right i fucked this up the first time but instead yeah, yeah, they have yeah. this kind of like eh, uh, uh, uh. Yeah, 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 yeah well well i mean wasn't the moment bill murray being like come on like you got the like you know he goes come on ray like answer it right this time is what he was in what he's kind of implying that that i guess that was the comedic beat for me i think like i, I yeah i think that yeah. was what was supposed to be funny there and it, it worked for me where they're all just there standing saying nothing and then bill murray's like Come on, Ray. <laughs> Do the fucking it, thing. I, I think that the joke should have been that's when uh, Ray is like, wait, you really don't remember us, huh? <laughs> <laughs> We've had this conversation before. You know what I mean? Uh, anyways, though, uh, back to what you said. They cross the streams. They get it around Gozer, but she is too powerful this time. Uncrosses the streams, throws them all down. Uh, what is it? Uh, Pete's like, I don't remember it hurting this much. And then in Winston's like, I do. <laughs> I, was a, I like that joke. I like that joke. Uh, they're down for the count. It would appear once again. Uh, but this time, uh, you know, uh, Phoebe turns on her Neutrona one, blasts Gozer. Gozer gives her a blast back. We have like kind of the Star Wars or Harry Potter standoff of shit going into it or whatever. Mm-hmm. It looks like Phoebe is about to lose. We see her hand starting to struggle, but then boom the ghost hand of egon comes in to lift it back up and they pan it back to actually show the ghost of harold ramus well not the actual ghost of harold ramus uh to be there you know of egon spangler yeah, holding her and helping her out the actual ghost of harold ramus and then we look over at the ghostbusters <laughs> who get this reaction too and i'm fucking crying not bawling yet i don't ball to the i'm sorry but I, like uh them there looking at their friend you know from the other side doing this i, uh, I feel like this this moment was super telegraphed it was very clear that we we're gonna have oh, a sure. moment like this but when it happens I it it a hundred percent worked for me. I loved it. Yeah. 
Uh, of course, then at this point, podcast has had enough. He remembers the PKE stun gun. He starts stunning all the stay puffs and getting sprayed by all the stuff, uh, eventually getting uh, Finn Wolf kills <laughs> Proton Pack and the gunner seat back online. Finn's able to shoot it into Gozer. I, the guys, the, at this point, the, guy, the old guard is back up. They shoot Gozer. Everybody's shooting Gozer together. Uh, we get that awesome shot, I think, personally, of, you know, all five ghostbusters i guess but the four, the three living originals phoebe and then uh egon's ghost around her and you have this fucking awesome shot of them all shooting goes there again i'm choking up right now talking about it it um, lasted a little too long let me make you know oh i fucked it up i'm sorry <laughs> that goes on the those five ghostbusters are holding it down finn finally gets the gunner seat up and running rather than yeah. shooting into that he's like wait turns and shoots into the capacitors the that have been fucking up giving mm-hmm. it enough juice to play do the thing they hit the trap or maybe they yeah they hit the trap yeah. all the traps well the uh, mom hits the trap yeah yeah i I wasn't sure if it's still open but yeah yeah hits the trap all the traps go off they have the super nova tornado ghosts above them shoots it up gets everybody rips them all down puts them into the thing and for a second i was like shit are they about to trap egon too is that is that how this is gonna go but egon wasn't standing in the circle i get it uh they do it boom get everybody gozer is defeated once and for all uh the terror dogs turn to the ash uh things we know from ghostbusters 84 um you know then we get a few different moments happening all kind of at the same time but you know uh finn runs over to get uh, lucky out but he starts with paul rudd he's like oh hey he's like oh hey then he runs over and he gets lucky out i was hoping for a vankman thing of like ah get your girlfriend out of that no i know that i know that vibe um uh instead then we get the better stuff of like going back to you know the three living ghostbusters talking to egon and pete being like i had a feeling you might show up or whatever and then you know uh ray saying i'm sorry uh winston saying he should have called uh this moment between all of them that i thought was real poignant um and then uh for the narrative right you get uh egon's ghost getting to talk to uh the grand not talk to but you know acknowledge the grandchildren and then for the final segment of this right uh get to have his moment with his daughter right his estranged daughter where there's a standoff they're looking at each other she finally runs over she hugs him you get a shot of everybody reacting to it and crying to that and then uh you know him his you know work on earth being done and him dematerializing and drifting off and then i thought you know a really clutch you know pan up to the stars and just for harold and that's the end of Ghostbusters Afterlife in terms of what's going there. Obviously, we skipped a few different beats. Loved. I didn't ever call it out. I really did love the part where, you know, our, whatever, 30 minutes or 40 minutes ago in the movie timeline where Phoebe was yelling at her mom and like, why did you tell me my dad or my grandfather was Egon Spangler? Because I do think that for her being so into science, so good at it and being so uh, different in the way she processes information, that would have been something that would have been helpful to her. Sorry, Nick. I was going to say one of my other favorite lines that came here was when after it's done. Bill Murray like pats Phoebe on like the on on the back, and then he's like, "All right, we're gonna go in the house and get some uh, cocoa." Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah right, it's yeah, just yeah. banger line. Like, <laughs> guard or something, right, or something. Yeah. Now, is that wasn't there a thing with chocolate in the second one? No, mm. no, no. Maybe never mind, I don't know. Never mind. No, I, 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 I there's also the scene here of like, yeah, Winston talks to the Ecto One of like, oh man, what do they do to you, girl? Yeah, we'll, get you <laughs> we'll get you fixed up. Don't worry, I loved all that. When all the Ghostbusters are there looking at Harold, it just lasted a little too long for me of like of them just kind of like gazing at him, and he looks back, and it just it went on for <laughs> a, a couple of beats too long, and I, I just kind of needed them to cut away from that. But it was cool, kind of seeing them interact and being like, God damn, I can't believe you're actually here, and that was pretty neat. Mm. uh yeah and then you know uh page up we get the um 
uh, Ecto one shot going back into New York over a bridge from way of a distance, right? And the building of the Ghostbusters theme, then Ghostbusters title card, uh, and then you know an animated intro of Proton Packs and stuff while the Ghostbusters theme play. Then we get to the mid credit scene, which is finally it's with Sigourney Weaver. Bam! It's uh, Sigourney Weaver giving Bill or giving Pete Venkman uh, the same test from Ghostbusters '84 that you know opened the movie, right? Yeah, of you know the wavy lines, the star, and all that shit. And of course, uh, you know, just a cute thing of them first off being married which i really appreciate they both are wearing rings it's awesome to see them together it's awesome to see them happy and it's you know another one of like complete fan service of like we're doing this on the d- this day or whatever at a time right. out but whatever it's still great but pete keeps fucking nailing them and she's like you mark the cards <laughs> he's like yeah I can't believe to shock people i only shock the male students and she immediately shocks him yeah. you know one of the things we talked about in our interview of like Pete Venkman kind of a scumbag, but like like, (laughs) in 84, like you knew Bill Murray and it was Bill Murray being Bill Murray. So like you like chalk it up to what the movies were at the time. So I love her immediately shocking him for that. He's like, I deserve that. I deserve that. And yeah, you got a little bit of a slice of life with them. Then we get a whole bunch of credits. And then, uh, you know, I was very surprised by it. Uh, You get a, a deleted scene from the 84 Ghostbusters, right? Of the one and only Janine Melnitz uh, talking to Egon Spangler right before they went into Dana B- Barrett's building and giving him this uh, lucky World's Fair coin and him being like, I, we prob- I, I shouldn't take it. We probably won't be coming back. <laughs> she's like, it's okay. I have two. And that scene ends and then cuts to the second coin use in her hand uh, and that- her uh, Janine Melnitz talking to Winston. Yeah, I'm sorry. You think it was the second coin or was- you didn't think it was that coin? I, I bet in their friendship, she let him keep that first one. She mm. And he had the second one. You know, it's kind of like establishing a little bit more of who they were to each other. At this moment, I was like, oh, my God, they're setting it up. She's clearly the mom somehow. Yeah, uh, I thought so, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then they just totally pivot. Totally pivot to where we're, yeah, it's her talking to Winston and Winston being like, you know, uh, Egon was the head of the ghost, or the brain. Uh, Ray was the heart. Pete was the gusto or whatever. And she, he's like, what, she's like, what were you? And I forget what he says, honestly, because I'm trying to grab all this as it's happening live. Uh, but he's a super successful businessman now, and he has all these awards behind him in this very clean-looking building. I thought they were going to pull on it be like Ghostbusters International, some shit. Uh, but he's been paying the rent at Ray's bookshop uh, since then. You know, Winston's just a stand-up fucking guy. And, you know, in light of all this, he's decided that there's still, you know, ghosts that need to be busted. There still needs to be a guard watching on this and stuff. And so as this narration's happening, we see him going into the firehouse, which is just, you know, the abandoned, broke down ass firehouse. And then the door's opening and then, you know, bringing the Ecto-1 in there and parking it. Uh, and then that is the end of it. Because Winston was like, fuck those kids. They don't get to keep the proton packs or the Ecto-1. <laughs> Yeah, kind of cool setting up a potential sequel if they wanted to, of him kind of looking over a new team or whatever it is. Yeah, keeping the world, the universe alive and stuff and see what what could go on from there. Yeah. Andy, hit me with a little haiku in review. I don't have the music. Seven syllables in the middle. You need five for the first and last line. If you're not poetic, no need to fret it. Haikus don't need to rhyme. Haiku in review. Haiku in review. Is that you like waving your phone as your flash as the the can of the, the match? <laughs> like, I'm, I'm, I'm an audience at a Ray Parker Jr. costume concert. Uh, Zpol wrote in the patreon.com slash kind of funny, just like you can with his review in haiku form. Hope Greggy loved it. Some more ghosts to be busted. Who are you gonna call? Andrew Pfizer says, smiles on my face, a good time at the right place. Kudos to Miss Grace. Ah. Grant Burton says, cool nostalgia and a new generation. This is for Harold. Uh, Joe Mertens ends it with, this is Phoebe's film, and that's really for the best. Start that new chapter. 
I was all, no. I was already. I don't know if y'all remember during part two or part one where I was like, it's gonna be it. it it's kind of weird that uh, I always thought that Ivan Reitman was Harold Ramis's son. Yeah, I was right there with you. Yeah. And so I was like, even and I would, I'd already correct myself back then, Kevin. And yeah. while watching this movie, I was like, man, it must have been tough for Ivan Reitman to like have have a CG version of his father. I was like, no, his dad. Yep, yep. The other I, had, was the it, I had that same conversation. Yeah. Bro. I was like, no, damn it. So but wild. it was that you know you know uh, I remember from watching obviously all of Jason uh, Reitman's uh, Instagrams and stuff for forever. Like he made a big deal about not a big deal, but he posted when months ago now uh, Harold Ramis's daughter had come to a screening of the film, like a private screening to see it. I can't wait to hear her take on it. Ragu, bagu. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Rad Guys Talk Bad Guys, the podcast within a podcast. We rank all the villains of the Ghostbusters universe for your recollection right now. It looks like this. Number one on the list is Gozer slash Walter Peck from Ghostbusters 1. Number two is Vigo slash Janos from Ghostbusters 2. And number three is Rowan from the one, the only, Ghostbusters 2016. Uh, gentlemen, where do we want to put Evo? Oh, uh, we totally fucking skipped when Evo Shandor's body did come to life for mm-hmm. two it was jk simmons <laughs> he walks up to living while gozer i'm here to find he just gets ripped in half and dropped it's so fucking good so good so where do we want to put i guess evo shandor and gozer number two yeah i'll put him um, number two too i'll put him number two just based on the the strength of uh the, the costuming and the performance by olivia wilde and i thought it was just so cool i was like i want to yeah. i want to see more of this gozer and, i i mean you know, i i could argue you'd be number one but like it's no, nothing beats think, the that the, 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 scandal, uh, the German actress that played Gozer in the first one. I would put it number two because I'm yeah number two, and Gozer I kind of feel. No, I think Gozer in one is more intimidating and more scary more, and has a better entrance more. and then right to Stay Puft and all that shit. But I think it hinges more on what Tim was talking about earlier, Walter Peck, or maybe it was Nick. I apologize, but whoever was like this movie needed an actual antagonist to be in Phoebe's way where we really don't have that right throughout this film. It's the coming of Gozer. Eventually Evo Shander's done all this legwork, but he's just letting it cook. Whereas I think the fact that we had Peck getting in the way of the Ghostbusters was something for them to fight in the real world at the same time. So I go number two as well. I'm cool with two. Now it's time to rank the Ghostbusters. Currently number one is number one. Number two is number two. And number three is 2016. Where do you want to put Ghostbusters Afterlife? Oof. This is a this is a hard one. Is I'm going it? number one. Oh, okay. Really? I, like, oh, we yeah, had this conversation. Like, that's interesting. Just going I, yeah, back to like, I think that this achieved the vision of being a really good kids adventure movie, and it did that well. I don't think it necessarily did a lot of the fan servicey stuff well, and I don't think it did the nostalgia reboot stuff well. But I still think that I would much rather rewatch this one in the future. And when I have kids, I want to show them this one first. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna go with number yeah. two. I think part one is just so perfectly acted and funny, and I enjoy the characters there quite a bit more. Um, I do just from front to back. It's just a really damn solid movie, and also Bill Murray is just an absolute star in it. Um, Nick, yeah, I'm, I would probably put it number two. I would think uh, just because I think there's so much more of a movie here than there is in Ghostbusters two. I think Ghostbusters two feels too much sure. like a kid's film. It doesn't have the same tone. And I think they, you know, I like the characters in this. I liked a lot of it. 
And, you know, I was bored at parts in this movie. Um, I think for all the reasons we've talked about, just some of the stuff dragged a little bit. But the same could be said for some of Ghostbusters, too. So I would probably put this a, a, just a touch above Ghostbusters, too. Kevin? Yeah, I have uh, no nostalgia for Ghostbusters. I, when I watched it, I like I said earlier, I was too young, freaked me out. I'm glad we rewatched it because I definitely got a lot more out of it. That being said, I feel like this movie did a really good job uh, with every every aspect that like the story, the humor, um, the acting, and personally to me, like I yeah, I'd probably prefer watching this, and I put this as number one. Oh wow, look at that. Two twos, two ones. Uh, I, for me personally, I put it number two. I think I could, I can understand a, a case for number one. Uh, I just think it Ghostbusters one. And granted, of course, it was this movie. What would have had to do to come in and dethrone a movie that's been my favorite movie since I was four, or three years old, or whatever? Like, I, I understand that's a tall order, but trying to even step back from that, I think Ghostbusters '84, I didn't have to get up and running with i think and granted they're different movies as you pointed out to him they're trying to achieve different things uh but i think 84 is a better stem to stern movie in terms of character performances and what it's doing and interest levels and uh, all these other things where you know this movie while great and i can't wait to watch again i can't wait to see the lead scenes from you know i'm I'm jonesing for you know i think jen's mom or my mom to come visit again so i can sneak off to a theater and see it again uh i just don't think it has the same impact as that I thought you were gonna say so I can take them to see it, but you were like, "No, no, I, just, I, just, I, just, I, to to I can hear him crying up there." I'm like, "Oh God, I gotta go upstairs. Yeah. I gotta mm-hmm. get back to this kid. I gotta get back to this kid. I don't like leaving her alone." With. So, with that, the new rankings are number one, Ghostbusters; number two, Ghostbusters Afterlife; number three, Ghostbusters Two; and number four, Ghostbusters 2016. Uh, we may return to this one day. We may not. Who knows? I hope but until do. then, no matter what, I love you. Bust.